0: Hi, I'm Jen. I'm Sophia. And I'm Serena.
1: And you're listening to Every Romcom, the podcast where we have fun taking romantic comedies seriously.
0: This week on Every Rom-Com, we're finishing our summer romance series with a trip to
2: camp. We'll talk about summer camp movie tropes and compare them to real-life camp experiences. And we'll discuss a cult classic of absurdist comedy with an
1: all-star cast, Wet Hot American Summer. everybody welcome hello back. hi so we're doing today wet hot american summer and sophia if i recall you haven't been to camp right not really
0: um i had a short camp experience like as part of like uh like a like a three days of school or something we got to go in junior high and oh yeah was-
1: outdoor ed yeah i remember yeah, outdoor, ed. outdoor yeah.
0: ed there it is yeah. i still have my <laughs> knot heads from that
1: Uh, those are like sixth grade
3: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. yes
0: I loved it I had such a great time and (laughs) um but that was that was it for like camp but I went I thought about it later as I was thinking you know thinking about this I'm like I did um youth group lock-ins so those were like a weekend in a church and listened to a lot of like uh, you know, we, there was music and there was teachings and I gave, a, you know, a couple talks, you know, over the years and there were different teams and it was it was a lot of fun. But like definitely I didn't realize at the time i so naive, but there's definite like <clears throat> making out in the pews in the evening and stuff like that. There's <laughs> people sneaking out. I had no idea till later because <laughs> uh, well, I guess I wasn't one of those lucky few.
1: <laughs> yeah and so, yeah i'm about the same as you i had outdoor ed and then um an aborted attempt to go to girl scout day camp um <laughs> where all the girls made fun of me because i looked like a boy and said there's a boy on the bus and so i quit <laughs> and so i quit camp like right after that because it was terrible i can't even remember the actual camp day it must have been like traumatic or something and i told jenny wozniak i couldn't go back because the price of oil was too high like which <laughs> made no sense <laughs> anyway that's my that's yeah. my 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 big camping experience but like I Serena like when we were talking about doing this movie you said that um you'd been a counselor at camp is, is I that had idea? yeah for three yeah.
2: summers actually quite extensive uh camp experience I was never a camper myself but I started working at a summer camp in Delavan actually which I had no idea existed and Delvin's just a town over from like where we grew up. and I had no idea yeah. this camp was there. Um, It's an inner city camp for kids from Chicago that come okay. up and spend mm-hmm. a week to two weeks at this camp. And yeah, I think I started doing that when I, I was either 19 or 20 when I started. And it was a pivotal, it was life changing for me, to be honest. Um, it was definitely like some of the Best summers of my life. Um, I still have lifelong friends that I made. I'm still in contact with a lot of the campers as as years went on. Like they, you know, grew up and started, you know, with Facebook and social media. Like remembered us and like friended us. And um, I I personally haven't seen campers. I've seen a lot of my fellow counselors over the years. Yeah. Um, we've stayed in contact, but um, I do know some other counselors have kept in contact with their campers and have hung out with them and visited them. So it's definitely, it was definitely um, an important part of my life. So like at this
1: camp, were they like by
2: a lake or like was it in the woods? Okay. Yes, it was. It was that the camp was called House in the Wood, not (laughs) just one wood, (laughs) 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 which which we of course nicknamed House in the Hood because it was of course an inner city camp for kids. Um, Yeah, it was on a lake. We had swimming, boating, campcraft, nature. Like it, it was a traditional camp. Everything was very okay. traditional of how the the day was set up. And, you know, a lot, even the counselors, it had a, a lot of international staff. Um, nice. So we had a lot of, yeah, which I loved, which was <laughs> um, one of my favorite parts of it. We had a lot of staff from Australia, New Zealand, England, Scotland, sure. um, Europe. Wow. Yeah. So uh, South America, we had a couple of uh, Brazilian So, yeah, we had a great staff. Um, It was super fun, super international. And, yeah, it was like this little microcosm on Lake Delavan that I, like I said, I had no idea existed. For real? Yeah. 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 It was very bizarre because, like, obviously, like, you know to us, Delavan and Lake Geneva, like they're, they're just normal towns, but to people who are from the inner city or other countries, like that's like the middle of nowhere, (laughs) like, which was so (laughs) bizarre to me because people were literally like afraid or just like really thought we were nowhere land. And I was like, this, this isn't nowhere land. Like, like there aren't any bears, but even some of the like simple wildlife, like raccoons and birds and bugs and things like that, that were so normal growing up. Um, And natural, like people were really like, weirded out by it or like scared or it was just something that isn't in their everyday life. So Mm -hmm. um, I kind of took that for granted that I had quote unquote, grown up in nature. And that a lot of people don't, you know, and don't have that kind (laughs) of... Seeing seeing fireflies and lightning bugs and stargazing yeah. and being able to go on the lake every day. Like those are just things that I took for wow. granted that a lot of people don't get to experience during their childhood, yeah, which definitely. is why camp is so important. So what
1: I have one more question about your camp experience. Um yeah. like were you did you have a specific like role, like kind of thing that you taught or did, or were you just like a just having a cabin of kids or something?
2: I did, yeah. So our camp was split into cabin counselors and program counselors so cabin counselors were basically like the the one they were like the the parents almost you were the ones who like got up with them like took them to all of their activities um and then the program counselors were the ones who like taught those activities whether it was nature or swimming or whatnot so they they almost ran like a classroom and you were always with your same cabin so you were like with them and during certain um classes you had to stay with them like swimming or boating where you needed like an extra adult but at other um other classes like nature art you could just drop them off and then you had like free time so it's kind of it was very like parental the roles and then actually my last year I was I was head counselor I was actually like the boss Oh wow. <laughs> um yeah so I had like I think I think the title was like unit director mm-hmm. um so I didn't I was um the boss of all of the cabin counselors. So they all like reported to me and then I reported (laughs) to um, the director and the assistant director. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Big deal. Big deal for like a 22 year old or 23 year old. I had had so much responsibility, probably the most responsibility I've had in my adult life. Well, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, you man, a you're a captain of a boat. True, and and like, now you,
2: you, you, you know, keep people mm. from drowning or I don't yeah, know. It's mild. very similar, actually. A lot of those skills that I learned <laughs> that I learned at summer camp being a counselor have like translated to um, <laughs> to how uh, sure. my working life now.
1: So I look forward to hearing about some of your camping experiences during yeah. our, the conversation about the movie. So whenever you okay. want to throw something in. yeah for sure so before we get started with today's episode just a few notes okay so first unlike most episodes we've decided not to have a spoiler section for this movie and that's because there are a lot of individual plot threads and they seem they're woven together in a way that it would be like more confusing than it's worth to have a spoiler section so if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled uh see the movie first before listening to the podcast as usual, we'd like to remind you that you can follow
0: the podcast on social media. Our Facebook page is every romcom, podcast and blog. Our Instagram is at every romcom and our Twitter handle is
2: at every Com pod. And finally, just a reminder that you can find the podcast at everyromcom.com. Send us feedback at feedback at everyromcom.com. And if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And now we're going to hear the trailer for Wet Hot American Summer.
4: This summer, take a trip back to 1981 with the special people who made summer camp unforgettable. <laughs>
2: aren't supposed to be out of your bunks. You're in
4: trouble. The camp director.
2: Four campers are stuck in the ropes course. I meant to tell you about that yesterday. Could you get to it now?
4: The counselors. Wait for me, Abby Bernstein. Wait for me, my darling. Wait wait, wait. I just want to take off my shirt. The kitchen staff. Finish up the taters. I'm going to go fondle my sweaters. (laughs) Come on, what? You said you were going to go fondle your sweaters. No, I didn't. The water sports. And
3: Andy, can I take out the bar?
4: Sure. The nature hikes. Out! Out! And of course, who can forget? The sacks, the muggies, the cover-ups, the malaria, the psychotherapy. Hello. And the friendships that last a lifetime.
2: We want you to be the guest of honor at our wedding next week.
4: From USA Films. (laughs) And creators of TV's The State. A renegade piece of Skylab heading right for the count. Oh my God. It could kill us all. Janine Garofalo, David Hyde Pierce, Paul Rudd, Christopher Maloney, and Molly Shannon. Andy, have you seen my swimming buddy? I was busy. It's your job to make sure kids don't drown. Um. Where are we going? To a big secret pizza party. Wet Hot American Summer.
0: Unbelievable. I had never seen it before. Oh! my first time watching it.
1: Really? Yep. Oh, man. So, yeah, the trailer is actually much more normal than the movie for once. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's weird. I think there's a lot of gigs in this movie, too. Like, there's a lot of physical humor. So, like, if you can watch it, it's a lot funnier. But, yeah, I, I dug it.
0: Indeed. Wow. So, this was my first time watching what hot american summer that came out in 2001 i have zero recollection of like trailers anything but yeah, well, we'll, g- you- we'll get to why that
1: is in the in the interesting facts.
0: Aha. <laughs> okay. Well, I learned that it's directed by David Wayne, written by Michael Showalter and David Wayne, starring Janine Garofalo, yay, David Hyde Pierce, yay,
1: Michael Showalter, Marguerite Moreau, Paul Rudd, and so many more. Okay, so the basic premise of this movie, it's the year 1981, and it's the last day of camp at Camp Firewood, and a number of counselors are looking for love and or sex. And in the main story, a somewhat dorky counselor named Coop is trying to get together with a pretty counselor named Katie, who is dating an asshole named Andy. (laughs) (laughs) and in addition to the main story there are several other love stories including one between the camp director and an astrophysicist with his own cabin near the camp or a professor of astrophysics i don't know i think it's amounts to about the same thing um the entire movie uses like absurdist humor and meta commentary on films
2: and the movie cliches of the late 70s and the early to mid 80s some interesting facts: It cost 1.8 million to make and grossed 295,000. So, yikes! Um, was initially <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Was initially only released in two theaters in New York. Eventually, was released to about 20 more theaters. It later became a cult classic, starting with DVD release in 2002. Apparently, the cast was paid very little. Paul Rudd told Entertainment Weekly, I'm not sure I got paid. I'm not kidding. It was such a small production and stuff falls through the cracks. (laughs) Despite the low pay, the cast had a lot of famous actors before they were famous this was the first feature film role for Bradley Cooper. I had actually forgotten he was in this. So I was really surprised when he came on screen. I was like, whoa. And he actually probably became one of the more famous actors. Oh yeah. Oh, for Um, sure. And this was almost the first film role for Elizabeth Banks as well. And um, it was set in Maine, shot at Camp Tawanda in Pennsylvania. And uh, the cast and crew actually slept in the bunks at the camp. David Wayne said the line between being at summer camp and making a movie about it was very gray. (laughs) Actually, that was one of the things that I, I was like, it was so nostalgic for me because those cabins were the exact same cabins that that we had (laughs) the exact same setup. Um, Even the kids, um, (laughs) little bunk beds, like, oh, my God, so cute. (laughs) <laughs> um it was shot in spring according to the behind the scenes documentary it rained 24 out of the 28 days of filming
0: god it looked like hell it looked like <laughs> utter freezing hell okay.
2: uh the cast was drinking a lot gruffalo told um entertainment weekly i was drunk 90 percent of the time I was always punctual and I always knew my lines, but it was freezing and raining every night. So I put away a lot of whiskey.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can, I can see that. And she doesn't drink anymore, I guess. Yeah. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like that did her in. <laughs> well, no, I don't know. I don't know if that was it, but like, yeah, like I think just, like, just so people know, like <laughs> <That's> <laughs> J- That's Janine Garofalo is okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good. The the script was inspired by David Wayne and Michael Showalter's real camping experience and somewhat by the movie Meatballs um, that came out in 1979 starring Bill Murray. Eventually, the movie got a prequel and sequel series on Netflix, Wet Hot American Summer First Day of Camp that came out in 2015 and Wet Hot American Summer Ten Years Later that came out in 2017.
1: So um we already Sophia you already said this is like the first time you saw mm-hmm. the film so what mm-hmm. was your impression of the film watching it for the first time
0: I didn't I really didn't know um that it was I guess I knew it was kind of like spoofing you know 80s camp films or whatever but I didn't know that it, I mean it's very much humor like uh and they talk about it in the commentary like meatballs and airplane and you know all those Mel Brooks films, like Spaceballs and things like that. And so, you know, I wouldn't say, like, I seek films out like that. But when they're on, you know, those they're so stupid, they're funny. <laughs> that, so there was definitely a lot that I laughed at. But I was like, I can't.
1: This is so... D-. But it was brilliant in its, in its stupidity. So, <laughs> anyway... And Serena, what about you? Like, when had you seen this
2: film? I think you I think? did see it in the early 2000s. And, okay. and like I said, it, it was really, um, I got a lot of the humor and I related to a lot of it because it, it is it is actually, even with the whole, you know, over the top humor, um, it is a really good portrayal of what actually like goes <laughs> on at summer camp, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> That's oh hilarious. man, I, I,
1: yeah, I, I will need details on, on this as well. As we go know, later on, on. yeah, <laughs> yeah. For me, like, I I don't know exactly when the first time I saw it was. Funny enough, though, like whenever it was, and it and it, it was a while ago. But when I saw it a while ago, I wasn't that into it for some reason. I think it might have been because someone was like, "Oh, it's the best movie. You gotta see it." And uh, then I watched. Uh-huh. It, I'm like, "This isn't the best movie," or something. <laughs> like, or I wanted it like the absurd humor. Like sometimes I like that, but sometimes like um being so absurd and medic and like takes you away from relating to the characters a little bit, you know, like it's hard to get emotionally invested when you know that it's kind of like, you know, just going to, poke the air out of the whole situation a minute later. So, um, But I liked it more watching it for the podcast this time and I think it's like because there's layers of jokes like there's scenes where like I didn't even notice there was a second joke in the same scene. You know what I mean? Mm, Like like the line that Janine Garofalo said in the trailer about the ropes course like went right over my head at the time because there's so much (laughs) else going on where she's like there's campers stuck in the ropes course like I meant to tell you about it yesterday. (laughs) It's like oh those campers have been sitting There, this whole time. Yeah. Or, yeah, or just like, just, or physical comedy that is in the background that I didn't notice the first time. Anyway, like, it grew on me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, in terms of why I thought about this for the podcast, like, it's definitely not a, like, it wouldn't be called a rom com. It would just be called a comedy, except that, like, a lot of what's going on in this movie is about couples. Like, Mm -hmm. you've got, several different couple storylines going on. And like in a lot of these comedies, there's like similar types of absurd humor, like summertime comedies, like something like One Crazy Summer, for example. Um, You've got a romantic core to it, right? And in One Crazy Summer, that's treated a little more sincerely. But in this movie, it's like that is also satirized. The whole romantic story line is satirized too. Yeah, anyway, I thought it would be interesting to look at a comedy that has romantic elements. And it's in the summer, and it's at camp. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I hope that's a good enough reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Twister, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this has more romantic comedy DNA than Twister, because, like, specifically in this movie, they kind of mock certain conventions of rom-coms. For sure. And we'll talk about that as we go through. Yeah. Okay, so I had to research the director and writers for this, because I didn't really know much of their work, but they've done a lot of work. Um, The director's name is David Wayne, and um his first notable work was as a creator, writer, and director and actor on the MTV sketch comedy show The State, which ran from nineteen ninety-three to nineteen ninety-five. Did either of you guys watch that ever? Like, no. Mm. No. Yeah. I watched like one episode, like the first one, just to like get a feel for it for the show. Like it seemed a little bit Python like Monty Python esque. Like it had mm. a lot of similar like um where there'd be running gags that would go into other skits and like okay. Where there's a bunch of guys and and one lady, and so the guys are dressing up as women all the time. <laughs> so it like they reminded me a lot of Monty Python. The the thing about the state though is that like not only is the director and the writer the other writer were on the state, but a lot of the other cast members were also from this comedy show. So and they've worked together on numerous projects over the years. They're kind of one of those core groups of creators that kind of sticks together and makes other things.
3: Cool. So. I
1: like that. Wet Hot American Summer was uh, David Wayne's feature directing debut, and he also co-wrote it. After Wet Hot American Summer, um, which wasn't a success, they had a little trouble for a while. But eventually, um, David Wayne went on to write and direct Role Models, which had Paul Rudd and Elizabeth Banks, uh, who are also in this movie. Wanderlust, which had Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston. Um, He co-wrote and directed They Came Together with Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. (laughs) And that is like specifically a send-up of rom-coms. Like They Came Together as a full-on send-up of rom-coms. Yeah. And then, of course, they went on to, he went on to direct Wet Hot American Summer, First Day of Camp, Wet Wet Hot American Summer, Ten Years Later. And he's done directing work on a number of other TV shows and movies as well. And he was also a writer on Mad TV. And in addition, he has 79 acting credits, including playing Yaron in Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp. So he's done a lot of stuff. Um, And the writers are, of course, again, David Wayne and Michael Showalter. Um, He also started, Michael Showalter also started out on The State as a creator, writer, and actor. Um, Wet Hot American Summer was his first feature film writing job. And he also appears as the main character, Coop. And um, after Wet Hot American Summer, he wrote, directed and starred in a movie called The Baxter in tw- 2005. That's also a romantic comedy uh, send-up because um the The Baxter refers to like the guy in the romantic comedies that the girl is engaged to or going to get married to but it's the wrong guy and she ends up with the the lead of the romantic comedy instead. Mm-hmm. Ah, but but so nice. but so this movie is told from the perspective of the jilted fiance basically. Ooh, so nice. it's kind of an interesting concept. Yeah and um he also yeah starred in that one and then he co-wrote they came together and then he also co-wrote and directed hello my name is doris with sally field and max greenfield and that came out in 2015 and i watched the trailer for it and i totally want to see it now because it looks like yeah. it's kind of like a rom-com with an older lady and a younger guy and i'm like hmm, yeah it's been in my queue i i still haven't watched it yet
0: but that's oh, okay without knowing who wrote and directed it i just thought it looked good
1: but yeah <laughs> And so he's done a lot of other stuff. Like he was obviously involved in the Netflix wet, hot American summer in writing the prequel and sequel to it. Um, But he also directed, this is a, this I didn't know. He directed the big sick, which is like one of the best rom-coms of probably the last five years, five to 10 Mm -hmm. years. I don't remember when it came out, but of recent times. Mm -hmm. And he directed the Netflix movie, which is kind of an adventure romantic movie, lovebirds in 2020 And he's recently um, been doing work as a writer, an occasional director and an actor on the TV show search party. He recently directed a movie or yeah, a movie, the eyes of Tammy Faye. And he's done directing work on the show's love and grace and Frankie. And there's a movie he directed called spoiler alert, which is in post-production. So he's done just so much. He's done other Mm -hmm. stuff in writing and acting too. It's impossible to sum these people up. Okay. They're, they're prolific. They, I, I'm tired just reading about their credits, to be honest. <laughs> and then um, Michael Showalter also um, plays in the movie, as I mentioned before, the main role of Coop. So Gerald Coop Cooperberg. And he's a kind of a dorky counselor who's interested in the pretty girl. And he also plays later in the movie an MC at the talent show who's this like corny comedian.
2: So, yeah. Oh, so random. The- we have Marguerite Moreau played Katie who is Coop's love interest, and she's also dating Andy the Jerk. Um, Her first work on IMDb was in her teens. She played a small role on The Wonder Years, and she also played Connie in all three Mighty Ducks movies. That's definitely like where I remember her from um, the most. I guess I was a big Mighty Ducks fan. (laughs) Um, (laughs) After What Hot American Summer, she did Queen of the Damned, which I totally remember, Um, a rom-com called Easy, which was written and directed by a woman, also featuring Naveen Andrews. And she had recurring roles on Life As We Know It, The O.C., Shameless, Grey's Anatomy. And she reprised her role of Katie for the two wet-hot American summer TV series on Netflix. Um, She has continued to work steadily, uh, mostly in smaller roles or projects. And then
0: there's Paul Rudd. My goodness, he had already been in Clueless and The Object of My Affection, as well as a number of other projects, and he said his role in Wet Hot American Summer helped him get cast in Anchorman. And for more information about Paul Rudd, um, check out our Clueless episode, episode five.
2: All right, so uh, Janine Garofalo, she plays Beth, the camp director. She started doing stand-up comedy in 1985. She worked in TV on the Ben Stiller show from 1992 to 1995. Saturday Night Live from 1994 to 1995. And the Larry Sanders show from 1992 to 1997. She's definitely, when I think of 90s comedians, Janine Garofalo um, sticks out in my mind as like the pivotal female um, comedian for sure. Her breakout movie role as Vicky in Ben Stiller's featured directorial debut, Reality Bites, in 1994. And also before Wet Hot American Summer, she did The Truth About Cats and Dogs, which is one of my favorite rom-coms, actually. Really? Really? Yeah, I love that movie. All right. Uh, And then she was in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion in 1997. Great movie. Uh, The Matchmaker in 1997, and Mystery Men in 1999. So again, the 90s were super good for (laughs) Janine. After Wet Hot American Summer, some roles include The West Wing, Ratatouille, 24, Criminal Minds Suspect Behavior, Bad Parents, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, Younger, and she has reprised her role as Beth for the wet, hot American summer Netflix series. Okay.
0: David Hyde Pierce. Oh my goodness. He is Henry who plays, I think it's an associate professor because he comments about it later. Don't rub it in <laughs> Sophia. Don't rub <laughs> it in. <laughs> an associate professor of astrophysics. Um, and at the time of the movie, he was considered the biggest name of all the actors since he played Niles on Frasier, um, and in the commentary they do talk about like it, it just everybody just wanted to watch him perform and um, and just was they were so in awe of his his comedic brilliance and his uh, improv brilliance. Um, additional roles uh, in films he did Sleepless in Seattle, Wolf, um, and A Bug's Life. And after What Hot American Summer, he appeared in Down With Love, The Good Wife, and he was in the Wet Hot American Summer, you know, before and after. So he's still performing, of course, still acting in films. And he's got a role in a TV series um, about Julia Child coming out. What
1: fun. That was just the scratching the surface of the cast. I'm going to run through a bunch of other people who are in the cast Kind of quick and dirty. And I'm not even going to tell you all the people who are awesome in this cast. So we've got Molly Shannon plays Gail, the emotional arts and crafts counselor. And she was already reasonably well known from Saturday Night Live, which she started on there in 1995. And she'd done the Superstar movie and appeared in Never Been Kissed. So she was pretty big. Um, Amy Poehler is in this movie, playing Susie, one of two theater counselors. She was not very famous at the time. She'd been on Upright Citizens Brigade on TV. And later went on to do Mean Girls, Parks and Rec. She started Saturday Night Live that same year, later in the year. And she starred with um, Paul Rudd and Wayne and Chill Walters. They came together later. And Bradley Cooper, um, as we mentioned, this was his first film role. And of course, everyone knows him from the Hangover movies, Silver Linings Playbook, A Star is Born, and the voice of Rocket Raccoon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And he prized his role for Wet Hot American Summer First Day of Camp, but he was replaced by Adam Scott for 10 years later. And they have um, Adam Scott say a line about how he got a nose job and nobody can recognize him. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And then Michael Ian Black um, plays McKinley, who's Ben's love interest in another counselor. He was also an original member of the state with Wayne and Schill Walter, and he's been in a lot of other projects with those guys. Um, Christopher Maloney plays Gene, the camp chef. And he's later, I guess, became famous on Law & Order SVU. I don't watch that, but mm-hmm. I guess he's one of the big guys, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Elizabeth Banks, as we said, this is one of her early roles. She plays Lindsay, Andy's other love interest. Um, and she went on to be in forty The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Zach and Miri make a porno. And she played Effie in The Hunger Games, which I didn't even realize. Did you guys oh, know really? that was
2: her? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. She was
1: Effie. And then, um, so another couple people who are involved in the state are Ken Marino, who plays Victor, and Joel Lotrulio, who plays Neil. And they kind of play buddies in the film. Ken Marino hasn't done a lot of other stuff that I recognized, but he's a very steady actor. Um, Joel Truglio went on to do Brooklyn Nine-Nine and a lot of other projects. And one other notable thing. Um, so there's a camper character called Artie the Beekeeper Solomon, who's um, constantly on the radio. Like, that's his thing, the camp radio. Um, There's a different actor playing the body and the voice. I guess, Mm -hmm. like, they had um, Sam Levine from Freaks and Geeks come in later to do the voice. So if you're like, this seems weird, that's what's going on. Or I recognize that voice. So And there's just so many other people. There's other people from the state involved. Um, A a lot of recognizable faces. There's too much to talk about. So, So, like, White Hot American Summer... Like, the whole movie is, like we said, kind of a satire or, like, tribute to, like, camp or teen movies of the 70s and the 80s. And we see this as soon as we get into the opening credits.
0: Yeah, it really sets the tone for the whole film. I I love those graphics that, you know, I don't know, they're not quite bubble letters, but they... That was such a
1: seventies and eighties look. You mean for the title card with like the the title and the the flag yeah. or yeah, yeah yeah not
0: with the flag so much but like with the with the you know names of the director and the editor and oh, like all okay, that, that okay. pop up right away. Um, but you know it's the it's it's nighttime. They're around a campfire. All the counselors are there. They're singing. They're drinking. They're smoking. They're making out. <laughs> they're dancing. And there's air guitar and there's ridiculous rock music and their costumes right away are perfect and i have to say for all the rain in that film like their hair looks great like everybody's (laughs) how did they get keep
1: it that way um oh one thing i wanted to say about the opening credits shot too is like it's already exaggerated. Like everything they're doing is just Mm-mm. like slightly exaggerated from what you would see in another camp movie. Like they're laughing more broadly. Yeah. They're, they're drinking with more vigor. They're making out with more tongue. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. And throughout the movie, there are all these slow mo montage shots um, and the soundtrack riffs on the music of the time. Original songs such as higher and higher were written by Craig, Wedren and Theodore Shapiro both worked on the state and went on to do very prominent TV, uh, and film music. And, uh, Wedron also fronted the band shutter to think.
1: Oh, and just for Serena, um, Craig yeah. Wedron, um, contributed song to the velvet goldmine soundtrack. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. Which song? Do you remember? Um, I don't know, but oh, yeah, okay. he's on. I think Shudder to think did probably. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's, that's where I, uh, that's where i know that band from like what <laughs> band is that it's from velvet cold
1: and the film is just
0: filled uh filled with so many cliched plot lines and sometimes they break the fourth wall to point them out and and listening to the commentary uh director and writer they were both very conscious of their of those choices
1: and did them on purpose oh yeah you couldn't have done them on accident no way yeah 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 yeah. you couldn't have made like a thing like this is like a masterpiece of absurdity and meta shit like
0: yeah um the whole movie takes place in a day it's the last day of camp um and the absurdist comedy takes all these movie conventions to a ridiculously exaggerated place as we've said and we're just gonna you'll We'll keep talking about them. And oh, there's- oh,
1: I forgot. The last day of camp, they actually like they get really like exact. It's like August 18th, 1981, 550- yeah. 550 557 yeah. a.m. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was
0: hilarious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. They do timestamps throughout the whole thing and it's like huge chunks of activity will happen and they'll be like you know five minutes later and it's yeah. <laughs> you're like, but that's i think that's also part of that cliche where it's like how can you this is supposed to be one day how can mm-hmm. all of this like yeah it's fantastic
1: oh yeah and did we mention the physical comedy yet well that there's a lot of it i mean yeah like- <laughs> i didn't even i didn't even notice how much physical comedy there was in this movie until watching it like the the third time maybe like and like that's exaggerated too like when you have like a clumsy somebody like falling on something scene they fall in several things and then a bucket falls on their head it's like and, <laughs> right. and there's whole scenes that are just physical comedy like my two favorite scenes in the film i didn't even clip anything for the podcast because there's really very little dialogue it's just visual and craziness so after the opening montage of them like around the fire, like the, we cut to like these kids are under covers in the camp bunks making out with each other. I love that this movie like has nothing sacred about children. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Like, like the way, like most movies would not like acknowledge that like twelve or thirteen year old kids are all making out with each other, and they don't see it. They're under blankets, but it's still. Right. It's, That's it's the happening. idea then the kids are like oh we got to get back to our bunks and everybody's like running across the camp like back to their bunks and like the counselors are just like uh you shouldn't be out of your bunks like i mean the
2: director (laughs) the director (laughs) director. yeah 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 (laughs) was saying to kids you're not supposed to be out like obviously doesn't care
1: And Serena, like, is this like, was this like a thing? Are kids like actually sneaking out of their bunks to camps? Like, I mean, the Um, director and writer said that. No, it
2: is. It is a thing for sure. Especially the older kids. I mean, we had, we had like a program, like a, like a LIT program, which were like teenagers and they had a lot more freedom, but I think the oldest campers were like about 12, 13. And yeah, for sure. We had, we had to do like. Wait, the oldest
1: campers or the youngest campers?
2: The oldest 12, campers
1: were 12, 13. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, and then okay.
2: they, and then they could graduate into, or maybe like 14 was the oldest and then they could okay. graduate into the teenage program, which kind of had their, they had their own stuff to do. They were kind of like helpers slash they had a different program that they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they helped a lot in like the kitchen and it was almost like a job, Um but yeah, for sure. We had to do, uh, we had to do like night rounds. So, so there were several counselors that had to do like night sweeps. Um, I think it was like be- <laughs> up until like 12. Like you had a shift every week and you literally just walked around the camp and were like catching kids like sneaking out of their camp, out of their bunks and like, wow. you know, putting them back in and like all the things. Yeah. It was kind of fun. Wow. I mean, you couldn't really like blame them, but. <laughs>
0: That's really funny.
1: Okay, so yeah, we we kids are running back to their bunks and um then there's a couple of them they're trying to wake up Coop who's their counselor. So Coop is kind of establishes a main main character in the movie right away cuz you he's the one you see waking up and then you see his love interest Katie um telling the girls who are putting on their makeup in the morning. You look hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those kids the kids from the other bunk are going to freak or something like that. I don't right. know. And then also, you hear the radio kid um, in a voiceover encouraging everyone to seize the day and find someone to kiss today, because like it's, <laughs> it's your last day of camp. <laughs> so now, how, how we're going to do the rest of the podcast is we're going to go over one one of the plot lines at a time. Because like, even though the movie is kind of interwoven between going back and forth with these different stories and in time order of the day, like really, there's like several stories like that are kind of. You know, discrete plot lines. So, mm-hmm. we're going to tell basically all of one plot line, and then we'll tell all of another plot line, and we'll talk about how they intersect yeah. at the final talent show, et cetera. So, I guess the main plot
0: line that perhaps like grounds the whole thing, um, the first love romance is between Coop and his interest in Katie, who's dating andy the big jerk um played by by paul rudd played (laughs) by paul rudd it's he is such a perfect jerk um
2: and yeah. so the opening
0: scene is Katie and Andy making out and it's, and talk about absurd. It is like, they're just like licking each other's faces, basically, Dude, it, there's it, so it is, much tongue.
1: It is only though, that is only though, like really one step removed from how I used to kiss my first boyfriend, okay? Like, like, <laughs> they, like I'm not kidding. Like, they made fun of us, like Trike and I, they said like, we look like a couple of Pez dispensers. And that's like- <laughs> So
2: just, yeah, so That's it's a true. realistic portrayal wow. of teenagers.
1: Yeah, just one step over, I would say. Yeah, yeah. like wow, is, yeah, like after this, like ridiculous kiss, like uh, Coop's been watching them kiss, and Katie comes over to Coop, and she's like teasing him a lot. She's like got her hands on him, saying mm-hmm. he looks good, and like um, saying like you want to be my boyfriend or something, like totally exaggerated version of like a hot girl teasing the dorky guy. And then she says that she's gonna get Coop a woman. And then she walks away. And as she's walking away, Coop says, I want you inside me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's just like that's like kind of one of your first hints that this movie's like gonna be like absurd and like have like weird shit going on all over the place. That yeah. was like the first thing I noticed. And then um Katie and Andy have like a really kind of like messed up dynamic. Paul Rudd plays Andy and he plays like the biggest douche I've ever seen in any movie ever. Like the biggest jerk ever. They're making out in the cafeteria and like Katie's asking him if they can go for a walk later and make out again. And Andy's like, God damn it, Katie, you're suffocating me. (laughs) And Katie's like, Katie's like just saying, like, but we're soulmates and I just want things to be special. And like, Andy's like, fuck you. And then he calls her a dyke. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Like, then, he, but then right away he turns around and he's like, I love you, baby. But then he <laughs> leaves her and he goes, swings around this pole dramatically while giving her the finger. So it's like hot and cold, hot and cold within the same scene. It's like a masterpiece of like, do, like everything Paul Rudd does in this movie, I can't explain it well enough. His faces, his body language, his like, is is wine delivery like? What do you guys think? I thought he was the well, best. You could character. probably
2: tell. You could tell that he probably loved playing this role because it is just it's just hilarious. He does it so well. You could tell like this is like uh like he really thought everything out like perfectly. Like okay, now he's going to do this and now he's going to do that. I wonder how much of it was improv. I'm sure a lot of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, definitely the physical comedy. Like, he's just, like, delivering it all the time. And his faces. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I wish I could properly explain them. You just, like, it would be worth it to me to see this movie just for Paul Rudd in it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know.
0: I feel like a lot of those characters, those, that that hot guy that the girl wants, they really don't have any good quality to them. And you wonder what the hell. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, uh, also being young so which we get to but later. this is
1: like this is like this plus like you know this is like the the jerk in the movie taken to like the nth degree but, uh, really. oh yeah for sure yeah. yes because <laughs> then he okay, cheats and- on her oh, yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah well you can you can do well, you so want.
0: andy then cheats on katie as well with Lindsay, and as a result is also allowing campers to drown and then Ditching their swimming buddies.
1: <laughs> yeah. So like he's he's like at the boat thing. He's supposed to be like the swim counselor, maybe it looks like. Uh, like a lifeguard are yeah. watching,
0: just making sure they're being safe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like this little kid is like, hey Andy, can I take out the speed boat? And like this is even before, <laughs> this is even before Lindsay gets there. He's like, yeah, whatever. And the mm-hmm. kid's like taking the speedboat out. And then like he then, then Lindsay played by Elizabeth Banks comes by and they're making out. And like the kid comes back for the speedboat, and he like j- tries to walk out onto the pier, but instead goes in the water, and then he's like drowning, like right in front of Andy. Yeah. And he's like, "I'm busy," because <laughs> he's making out with Elizabeth Banks, and the kid drowns. And then like, yeah, the swim buddy's like, "Where's my swim buddy, Andy? You let him drown." <laughs> and and then yeah, the- and that's yeah. Go ahead. And then and then it cuts to a van driving
0: out of camp and then slowing down and a, and that kid who was like where's my swim buddy you let him drown getting pushed out of the car onto the side of the
1: road. and like it's something so i found bad. but something i found <laughs> out like doing research was like yeah. that originally he was yeah. going to take them out in the woods and shoot them <laughs> yeah, like oh. but that didn't test well people were like no, no, no that's uh, no, too it, it, <laughs> no they didn't actually shoot it they didn't actually shoot it it's not that it didn't test oh. well it was i think the, i think the right one of the writers dads oh. Said that That's they right. couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Like one of the writer's dads was like, don't do that. That's
2: too far. <laughs> yeah. And I think they're yeah. right.
1: Like I think yeah. Yeah, thro- throwing him out of the car is funny. And you're like, oh, the kid's still alive. Even though the other yeah, kid Yeah, like drowned. we spied. Like, yeah. The other kid drowned though. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Yeah. And like, and then this happens like later, this thing, this joke is repeated too, because then he's taking kids out water skiing with, with Elizabeth Banks character, Lindsay later. And like, The kid's doing fine water skiing, and then they start making out. And then the water skiing kid drowns. Yeah. And then the other kid in the boat's like, when is it going to be my turn? And then they
0: throw him out too of the moving van, right? Yes,
1: yes. Oh
2: my god! I remember when I watched this like for the first time. I I, I want to say I watched it with Karen with Karen Carlson. Oh yeah. Um, the first time I watched this, and like we just laughed and laughed and laughed at that. Like that was our favorite scene when they were throwing the kids out of the out of the van. I don't know why, but like we just thought that was so funny. So wrong because it's like so <laughs>
1: irreverent. Yeah, they don't it's treat so- kids with.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They don't treat kids with kid gloves in this
1: movie. They, yeah, they just whatever. And then my other favorite thing from the water skiing scene is like, I guess earlier in the movie, Lindsay had had barbecue sauce all over her face at the barbecue Uh and she had wiped that off already. But then he's kissing her on the boat, like after that. And he goes... You taste like a burger. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> I don't know why I love that line. I just love that line burger. so much.
0: Um, a like production note about the the first scene where they're just where they're at the piers and the kids are swimming and Elizabeth yeah. Banks goes over. Swimming. It was raining and freezing that day, and they talk about in the production like all these little kids they have out in the freezing cold and they're all just shaking and oh. but and it was raining. I I don't know how. I was thinking, like, how do they make it look so it doesn't, like, they're filming while it's raining, but as we're watching it, we don't notice. No, I don't know. It? I don't know how that works, but I'm like, I love So, it. like,
1: while all this is going on with Andy, um, Katie and Coop are hanging out together, like, in various places, and eventually they end up together in a goat barn. Like, that's where he goes to think, apparently. <laughs> and there's just one of those typical scenes where somebody's like, I'm cold. Like, the girl's like, she's Katie's like, I'm cold. And then he's like, I'm freezing. And then she offers to give him her sweatshirt. Yeah. And and then he offers her his flannel. And then he says, it's my favorite shirt. You're going to have to give it back. And then she gives the flannel back like right away. That and then funny. She, and then she's freezing and like he's warm. And like, I don't remember. Did they eventually, get, did he give her a sweatshirt back again? I can't even remember. Yeah, he gave the
0: sweatshirt okay. back, okay. I think. And then he has <laughs> her flannel and then he's wearing her sweatshirt and it's like, that was so silly it was that was funny because that is another cliche of like you know wrapping it around and now their arms are around each other and they go in for the kiss and
1: yeah which they do with a goat nearby yeah the goats (laughs) just well not they don't kiss the goat the goats just walking by (laughs) right right Uh, it's so romantic yeah (laughs) and then like um yeah after like after that like he's really excited coop's really excited but like katie Goes and talks with Andy again, and then tells Coop it was a mistake. She has a boyfriend, and so then you get um, you get the grand speech like that's in every rom com, but like their version of that grand speech, which like I would like to read in full because it's amazing. If if, it, if it's okay, sure. Wait, Katie. When we first started hanging out together this morning, we were just friends, but things change, and I've fallen in love with you. And I just know that if you gave me a chance, I could make you feel so good. So I'm coming to you not as your buddy and not as your co-counselor, but for the first time as a man, a man who loves a woman and who wants to hold her and provide for her and, yes, have sex with her. But no, seriously, Katie, I love the way you laugh and I love the way your hair smells. And I love it that sometimes for no reason you're late for shul (laughs) and I don't care that you're bow-legged. And I don't care that you're bilingual. All I, all that I know is that I would have said no to every single person on your list because I've always wanted you. (laughs)
0: That's so fantastic. And each time they like cut from him back to her reaction and back to him, like he's, the continuity isn't correct and they oh, wow. did a lot of that on purpose too which oh, i absolutely really? love yes and so he keeps mo- he's like starts on the right side of the screen then he's in the center and then he's on no the way left. i didn't even yeah. notice
1: that that's funny yes i, love I was it. just noticing the absurdity of the words like he starts talking about like you're both-legged <laughs> and you're bilingual <laughs> and, and for no
0: reason you're late for shul that cracked <laughs> me up too. i'm like what <laughs> it was fantastic
1: yeah and so, like, after this, Coop undergoes a training montage that you see in a lot of movies with Gene the chef. Like, and Gene is, like, encountering him. He's, like, Coop's crying on, a like, a rock wall or something. And all of a sudden, Jean is right behind him. Like, and we'll talk so about creepy. Gene later. He's a really weird Vietnam vet character. And then they, like, um, they, yeah, they do this training montage. And it's, like, shit, what does he say to him? Like... All right. Well, he said something like he said something like I'm going to teach you the new way or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you want to talk about the training montage Sophia because it wasn't it one of your favorite scenes?
0: It was one of my favorites. Gene is just so freaking weird and then all of a sudden he's like <laughs> training training coop to like i don't know be cool or something and they're in the dance studio and to watch christopher maloney who just looks like he's so tough looking doing this like ridiculous dancing and apparently that was all him like really all of that choreography all of that stuff that was him his he's like "We'll, we'll do it this way and they're like, go for it and improvise all that stuff, and um, and then they're doing like I don't know, it's like Miyagi kind of like sitting down, and and Gene has some kind of red ball in his hand, and Coop is trying to get it, and it's only to when he's like completely zen is he able to grab the? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're That's running
0: the randomly. randomly. They're, yeah, they're doing they're like you know it's like a rocky kind of thing, you know yeah. they're jogging, and then they're just doing like these you know walks through the woods and like
1: being one with nature and oh and and there's like a there's like a group therapy session with a bunch of women in robes with him too that was the weirdest (laughs) one yes smoking with coffee all of that that was and and then the whole thing is done to the song like higher and higher which was one of the original songs and it's like something like show me the fever into the fire (laughs) <laughs> Taking
3: it higher
1: and higher. Yeah, perfect. No need for fear. It's only desire. Yeah, I like that song. Yeah, and the song begins with like one of those like eagle or hawk sounds. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and then the way they end the scene too. Did you notice the ending, Sophia? Like yes. The last, yeah, they,
0: Gene and Coop like, Leap up in the air and then it freezes. It's in slow mo and then it freezes. And yeah. I, oh, I love that too. Perfect.
1: Yeah, it is such an eighties. It is such an eighties montage. It's like the ultimate. And like this happens a lot now in movies. Like I think they do this a lot, but I don't remember that happening a lot in two thousand one. I think like this movie wasn't very re- well reviewed at the time, but uh-huh. like it's been called like kind of a template for like modern comedy by some people. You know, I can,
2: yeah, like th- that, th- that makes it kind
1: sense. of. Sort of pioneered some of the, the ways that we make fun of the movies now.
2: Yeah, I could see that,
0: and I love Coop's clothing transition. He's in these shiny shorts and he's got a crop top. Oh like yeah, say where he's going though. Say like like where
3: what is, so where? now okay Set so up the
0: theme for that yeah so so well as the montage is happening, Coop's clothes are changing. But then the final reveal of his like super Coop outfit is at the talent <laughs> show, and um. And it, you know, he comes through the door and it cuts right to his feet and he's got those great 80s sneakers and the white they're pitch white and then his his knee-high socks, white socks pulled up, and it pans up to these, you know, shiny green shorts, his cropped up, and then the sweatband. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, Wow. And then I mean, can I tell the the um Andy double take? He looks over. Yeah the best double take that Janine Garofalo said in the in the commentary the best double take in film history or whatever Andy looks over looks back and then whips around and
1: does this fantastic double take to Coop and and then Coop yeah. gives oh wait wait before that go like, ahead sure ev- go ahead. Every, everyone in the whole camp it's like one of those scenes where like there's mm-hmm. rock music playing as he enters and everyone in the whole camp is like looking at him like oh Coop you're different now and like Katie's like whoa my goodness like <laughs> Yeah. I love your sweatband and your crop top or whatever. So what happens next is he goes up to her and oh, is like, yeah. What does he say? Or like, what happens I'm, I'm, then? He says like I'm leaving now or something like that and then he right. gives her like this tiny box, like a gift box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, then she opens it. <laughs>
0: yeah, and out comes this huge flannel shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like out
1: of this so improbably big. small box. And then mm-hmm. she's like, "Now I know that I love him." Like <laughs> Right and like yeah like do they actually kiss again i think they do right i don't actually remember i don't remember oh but she
0: runs out so now they're outside the talent show hall or whatever and she's like i love you coop i love you and he's like say it again i love you and so yay they declare their love and they're together and she leaves andy but then the next day
1: so like the next day you see coop he's looking normal again he's approaching katie and you're, you're kind of expecting, like, your traditional, like, you know, happy ending or whatever, right? And this is what we get instead.
4: This is it, babe. Yep. So, obviously, I think we should get together in the city next weekend. I'll call my parents, and you can talk to your dad. Listen, Coop. Last night was really great. You were incredibly romantic and heroic. No doubt about it. And that's great. But I've thought about it, and my thing is this. Andy's really hot and don't get me wrong you're cute too but Andy is like cut from Marvel he's gorgeous he's like this beautiful face and this incredible body and I genuinely don't care that he's kind of lame you know I don't even care that he cheats on me and and I like you more than I like Andy Cooper I'm 16 and maybe it'll be a different story like when I'm ready to get married but right now I am entirely about sex I just want Andy. Yeah. I want to take him and grab him and just fuck his brains out, you know? (laughs) So that's where my priorities are right now. Sex. Specifically with Andy and not with you. But you're really nice. I mean, everybody thinks so. And I'm sorry if if this isn't the direction that you saw things going between us. I still totally want to be friends. Better write me a letter, okay?
3: Sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh.
2: perfect what do you guys think of what do you guys think about that scene i think it's probably like one of the most like realistic right <laughs> realistic scenes uh in the movie i was like yep that's <laughs> probably exactly what would happen
1: yeah yeah but it's also
2: exaggerated too yeah right yeah right. Like, yeah, yeah. right. that's but just like she probably would totally yeah. just pick him she would never pick the nerdy guy no one ever does that i not, mean not as a
1: teenager I don't know, like, I think in some ways to me it, it, like, when I first watched it, it rubbed me a little bit the wrong way, because, like I would pick like the nerdy guy. And I think why it rubbed me the wrong way is because you always see these movies where like this nerdy guy wants the really hot girl and like, you're supposed to feel sorry for him. But like what it isn't showing is like, there's probably a couple other nerdy girls that he could date easily, but he's not, you know what I mean? Right. right, it's right. Like, it's always like, I'm such a nice guy. So I deserve to get like the prettiest girl kind of a thing. Right. And, and I don't think this movie's consciously trying to do that. Like, I think Coop's supposed to be like, you know, I don't, it's complicated for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, where's the nerd girl in this movie? Or or like, why is Coop fixated on this girl in particular?
2: Right. You know what I mean?
1: Is it mm-hmm. making fun of just Katie or is it also making fun of him? I don't know. Well, here's a couple of interesting things. I mean, as it ends, like everybody drives away and it pans away.
0: And um, Beth, you know, walks over to Coop, puts his arm around him and they walk off. And in the commentary, they're like, yep, life goes on. That's what we wanted to show. That, you know, and I, and I like that ending to all of it. It's like, okay, life goes on. There was a subplot between Coop and Susie um that got cut. But at one point they dated and it seemed like they were like had like, you know, rooting for each other and supporting each other and stuff like that. So like that could have been a fun way to go, but they wound up cutting a lot of all of that. Um so like there's your other
2: hmm. like
0: love interest
1: that could have lasted like, how do you end up feeling about Katie after this, like, or Coop as characters? Or is it like so removed, like the the comedy that you can't feel much for them? I think that's it. Like, it's so removed that
0: I'm like, okay, of course, of course it ended that way. And then yeah. is that Andy's
2: dad
1: driving the <laughs> oh, car? <probably>. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. unless he has like a chauffeur. Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: right. then- and he's like, get in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's still treating her like shit and she's like oh well this is what i wanted (laughs) but i mean it's it's so true though like how many times have you seen that played out with teenagers with adults like
0: yeah i mean like definitely i feel like there's this part that like always wants that i mean like yeah the happily ever after but they are just kids and like what are they gonna is that realistic i don't know not not necessarily um, i was be actually surprised
2: because then she say she's like i'm 16.
0: Yeah, they're she all to be was, about 16 yeah i was actually
2: surprised that she was that young like i i mean obviously there she was older like the yeah 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 the actress old, older yeah. um but then i was like that that also seems young for like a counselor like i don't know how all, all camps work um, but maybe I, maybe it's the
1: time period i don't know
2: correct right. yes that's true at least when i was there which was like i guess the early 2000s there was definitely um because there there were some like 18 year olds and then there, i remember there was like a 17 year old that like worked in the office from like town and there okay. ended up being this huge drama about like them um getting together and like police were called and that person got deported and it was like a oh big drama <gasps> yeah the 18 year old and the 17 year old yeah i totally remember it was like yeah it was like just like some of the drama but then that's why i was like oh well maybe that's why in years to come like they had to be a little bit older because there was such a anyway sorry i digress no no no, that's no that's that's... perfectly
1: good information yeah i think maybe part of it could do to do with age of consent laws and stuff like that they used to be lower ages Yeah, yeah yeah exactly for sure yeah so then, um, so that's our main plot line, but there's like a sh- a ton of other plot lines in this movie. Um, the next one we'll go on to is the secondary story. I would say, like, I think that the, the, the A boy, there's an A story, a B story, and then like maybe a bunch of C stories. Does that sound about right? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like the B story definitely seems to be between Beth, the camp director played by Janine Garofalo and Henry, the astrophysicist played by David Hyde Pierce. And like, awesome. they have this like dorky like thing where like, uh, the first time you see them interacting is like Janie Garaffle looks over to him and he's like on his porch, I guess, of a house that's right next to
2: the camp or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That like, like part never made sense to me. Like I was like, yeah. So wait a minute. His yeah. house like where are they? Why would he have a house? Like in yeah. why yeah. would he want
1: to go there to like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. To unwind, but to she's unblocked. got a coffee mug. She got she's got a coffee mug and she got a cheers her coffee mug at him across the lawn or whatever. And they're so awkward. And and she tr- goes up to him and she tries to get him to come to the camp and teach science to the kids. And at first he's like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Like he actually yells at her. <laughs> like, yeah. But then he shows up to the camp in a subsequent scene, and I love this line. He comes to the camp and starts talking to a counselor. Says, "Could you tell me where I could find the sci-fi?" nerdy the indoor kids (laughs) (laughs) one of the counselors like just points him right over this table right Right. and i guess all those kids had like in the in the in the credits they all had names that were like cure girl so girl who likes to cure or something more kid like Mm -hmm. mork and mindy who were the other ones cape boy or something like (laughs) there's a cape
0: boy there was a a medieval guy or something (laughs) Yeah, um, one
1: of, one of them's a dungeon master for D&D. Yeah. yeah. One, the other one was a, a, a mall rat. Yeah. Just all the oh, Misfit kids. It's the amazing. Mis- like later you could see them doing Stranger Things. You know what I mean? Like Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you got the Stranger Things crew. And I've left out a lot of stuff. Do you guys want to put in stuff before the makeover? Or do you want to just like... I just yeah. think it's hilarious
0: that they she without any vetting, any background check, this man can just walk under the <laughs> cabin and start take a bunch of kids to the woods. Like it's the seventies so,
2: and the eighties, I thought man. that too, but then I did think of the time frame. I was like, I thought about that too. I was like, wait a minute, but then you're right. Yeah, totally the time frame. Like that was totally like probably acceptable. They're like, sure, strange man. <laughs> Which is probably why those laws were then invented. Because they're like, you can't do that anymore because bad stuff happens.
1: But not but not with Henry. Henry's a good guy. Henry's no. a, He's a very good, good guy. He's fantastic. He's great. He's great. I really,
0: There's actually a lot of sweet moments. I really like him and the kids. And even in the commentary, Janine Jean- Garofalo's like, oh, I love that part where they're just all laying on the ground and looking at the stars. And I love that little misfit group. I really, I I think they were my favorites.
1: So like Beth has a scene where she goes to Katie and she's like, you're a hot girl, right? And she's like, what would you do to look pretty? And like Katie's saying, I'd probably wear like a hot dress or no. And Beth is like, well, I might put on a clean pair of pants. And Katie's like, pants? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Katie's like, yeah. you should wear a hot dress And then she's like, and I'd put moose in my hair And then and then Janine Garofalo's character's like p- Mocking, like, like putting okay, her hands yeah. up like horns Like she's like an animal moose She's like, no, like like a moose i'll moose you up and like beth gets this ridiculous makeover sophia's favorite thing makeovers (laughs) (laughs) and she gets this crazy 80s hairstyle like i can't even describe it like what her hair is like side parted to like a huge amount of it is like Uh over her face wasn't that
2: wasn't that called like a bitch flip i remember that being called a bitch
1: flip oh i don't know i
2: totally remember that i don't remember being called exaggerated flip flip. yeah
0: i remember that uh-huh. yeah and then you kind of hung your head to the side did you do that part two where you kind of like <laughs> all of it just like hung over I remember that
1: yeah I did not engage in any of these hairstyles once I tried to have the big bangs and it looked terrible on me and once I tried to crimp my hair and that also looked terrible on me crimped <laughs> mm. I had it crimped too <laughs> oh I have a school picture where it's crimped it was sad oh anyway, yes yes Anyway, she gets this ridiculous haircut, and like um, Henry sees her, and he's like, "Oh, I like your new hair. It's for your new style. It's very chic, or something." And yeah. um, so they're trying to have this conversation, and then le- and then Beth's pretending to be interested in astrophysics, and he's like, "Who's your favorite astrophysicist?" And like it's obvious she can't remember any she doesn't know any at all so she's like makes an excuse to leave and that leads to both of them like separately going to the like being led to the library to study astrophysics and camp directing Uh, and and when they show the library the section for astrophysics and section for camp directing are right next to each other (laughs) right and they're like on opposite Uh, sides of the bookshelf uh
0: writer director (laughs) said that was their shout out to like um Airplane or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I, that was fantastic. I loved that.
1: So, Henry's meanwhile, like, there's another subplot going on in this, like, besides the romance, Henry's working with the nerdy kids and he discovers that a piece of Skylab is hurtling towards the camp. And I guess, like, Skylab did, like, fall back to Earth, but it didn't ever injure anybody. Like, it fell into, like, the ocean okay. and stuff like that. Oh, wow. But that was, like, a kind of a topical thing. So the first time Beth and Henry actually like hook up or start kissing is during the capture the flag game. And the reason why is because Henry's telling her his feelings about only being an assistant professor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's very emotional about it. He starts crying with the kids about it and they all hug each other. They all hug him. I think that's really sweet. Yeah. So they bond over like Henry being sad with the kids about not being a, a full, a real professor or whatever, or he's lesser than. And then um, she says, well, you're a great teacher. I saw you with the kids or whatever. And he's like, tell that to my dean. And so this gag where like Ginny Garofalo is going to write the dean and give him a recommendation, like a camp director's recommendation would mean anything. Right. And like she takes down the address. And like after that, like he's like, oh, you care about me so much or something. And they kiss. And there's a capture the flag game going on simultaneously during that. And yeah, after they kiss, they have other people kind of looking at each other romantically And there's a running gag where Abby kisses everyone and she kisses someone. It's like a whole thing. It's so hard to talk about this movie in order. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I I do love the part where they impress each other. Like, he's she she starts dropping all these, you know, astrophysicist uh, terminology and names. And he's like, wow. And then they're walking and holding hands. And he talks about, like, all the stuff it takes to be a camp, you know, director, (laughs) you know, like administration and parents and payroll and she's like
1: wow <laughs> i thought that was cute i really yes. like that part the, f- <laughs> the fruits of their knowledge from the library yeah yep yep <laughs> which they also managed to read up on in one in less than much less than one day
0: yes when <laughs> when were they doing that study I have no
1: oh idea. my god so um, they so Beth and Henry have gotten together, and um, Skylab is imminently coming towards the camp apparently. And like um, instead of like evacuating the camp, like of course they need to build an elaborate tracking device and then another device to divert Skylab from the camp. And not only is it going to hit the camp, apparently it's going to hit the auditorium where the talent show is happening.
0: Yep, I love it. <laughs> it's I love like
1: it. it's like something like. Um, I I wish I had the dialogue from this section too. Like Janine Garofalo has the perfect reactions to when he said Skylab is coming towards the camp and she's like, Jesus, or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. And um, they end up successfully diverting Skylab. um, And it might be them. And it might be a kid who's in the talent show that we'll talk about later. But um, they make this ridiculous device. Like you see it like with like grape, a grape, nuts nuts box. (laughs) Like a yes. colander. I think there were some donuts in there. Donuts, yep. yeah. What else? Do anyone else remember any of the other parts? It's ridiculous looking. <laughs> I, I,
0: I love the grape nuts box. There might have been a, uh, like a Fruit Loops something or other <laughs> too. I don't know. Yeah. All these weird things that. It's
1: fantastic. And the kids it's are just fantastic. like surrounding it and operating it. And then like they also need to generate random numbers between one and twenty for some reason. And like the D kid saves the day <laughs> with his, his D <laughs> dice. <laughs> yes, I love
0: that part. <laughs> fantastic. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> So the next day after, you know, Skylab has been diverted and everybody's saved, Henry wins a science prize. The Um, Hopkins prize. The Hopkins (laughs) prize. And I love that they do this in the film where like they're holding something and then they hand it off camera and somebody takes it. And then like, where the hell did they put that thing? I I, That gag. What are you talking about? So they did it twice when Gene has got the can of like vegetables and he hands it off. And then this scene, and Henry's got the big prize, the big um, trophy, and he hands oh. it, head that off too, off camera, and somehow it disappears, and he set yeah, it down or something. Yeah, I didn't even notice something. that. Yeah, oh, there's I so many that. layers.
1: There's so many layers to the, the humor. Yeah, for I sure. I love
0: those gags. So he gets, NASA hires him, Beth is pregnant, and he and Beth will live happily ever after after she can be with Henry, and then come back and still return to camp every summer. Like yeah. that's awesome!
1: i yeah, she decided got- this all in a day? Yeah, in a day, and, <laughs> and she's, she's
0: pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny.
1: Oh my god! I yeah. I like their little wrap up there. That was great. And we have, this is our one romance, I think, that's like truly you can feel happy about, even though you still feel this emotional distance because of the absurd humor, but you yeah. still feel like there's an appropriate couple that got together. You're yeah. <laughs> not, they're not yes. the only couple that gets together, as we'll find out later, but yes. <laughs> there's an appropriate one. Okay, um the next part, oh man, I think Victor, Neil, and Abby is my favorite storyline. I love so, them too. I really get a kick out of this storyline. <laughs> So there's this like plot line Victor's this like guy with this kind of like a drew fro, but he's like kind of like muscular and he like thinks all the chicks want him. And he's like that guy. Okay. That guy shows up in a lot of horror movies. Like you, you will recognize that stereotype and he wants to sleep with a camp slut. There's no other way to describe her, Abby. And I love Abby. I can't help it. I love her. Um, She's always kissing like everybody throughout the movie. But yeah. um, the problem is Victor is being sent um, to take the campers on a rafting trip with his fellow counselor and friend Neil. So they have to go on an all night rafting trip. He's going to lose his chance to like get together with Abby, and that's kind of the setup
0: so they're at the van they're getting ready to leave for this trip and abby comes up and asks for gum there's a lot of gum here (laughs) All, all right before while they're kissing and it's like oh my gosh so they're both chewing on gum and they make out and victor says he'll come back he's supposed to spend the night and come back in the morning but she's like um but you know i want you and so he's like i'll come back
1: yeah, I love the way the gum is used. Um, like whenever like somebody hands Abby gum, it's like code for we're gonna make out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I'll also jump
0: in with a behind the scenes uh tidbit that apparently the like the camp owners told the crew their two rules were no gum and no bottles, like like glass. Be- glass. And immediately those two things were broken. There was gum and glass bottles everywhere, <laughs> which is terrible. Oh, no. a so all that gum. So now we're in the van and Victor confesses. He's a virgin.
1: Yeah, and he's been the guy who's talking about all the chicks he's banged every all the time. So it's like shocking. And and what isn't like isn't like Neil like, you're a loser? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love Neil's hair. I love his look as well. It's oh, so yeah, perfect. The,
1: the kind of mullet kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Like, and the big glasses. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: So they get to where they're going to do this rafting trip, and Victor ditches Neil and the kids to try to get back to camp. And I love his singing in the car too. He's so sincere. I forgot what song it was, but oh, then- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Wait, let me let's try it. I, I think I can almost. It's on the tip of my tongue. Shit. Ah, it's in like the some seventies. When I rise, yes.
2: yeah, yeah, that one,
1: yeah. I'm so in love, love with you, with honey. You. Everything something in the chain of love yeah Yeah. and And then abby's listening to
2: it as well like her in her room and but then some other guy comes in
1: (laughs) yeah and there's gum exchanged again (laughs) when the other guy comes in (laughs) and they kiss yeah but meanwhile victor's so into his singing that he just crashes his van off the road (laughs) into a tree yes it's so random you're like okay (laughs) And like, um, Neil's on the raft. Right. And like, the kids are like, we need Victor. Like Victor, Victor's the only one who knows how to do these rapids or whatever. And, and Neil's like, well, I'll get Victor dead or alive or something. The kids are like, we want him alive. And like Neil like jumps out of the fucking raft, leaving all the kids alone, swims over and then, Sofia, do you want to describe this? You said this was one of your favorites too, didn't you, or was it Serena?
0: Well a, a little bit later? Well, all of a sudden, there's a there's a campsite and a motorcycle, and he gets <laughs> on, he jumps on this motorcycle and drives away. But the part that I love is like, I guess. Victor can hear the the motorcycle coming and he starts to run away and then they cut to Neil on the motorcycle chasing him and then back to Victor and then they do this like pan. Like they've done a couple cuts where it makes it look like they're far away, but then they do a pan over and like he's right. The motorcycle is right behind Victor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> On a motorcycle,
1: but supposedly Victor's running so fast that like he's yeah. out running the motorcycle. He's out running the motorcycle, and then there's a bale of hay in the middle of the street, <laughs> and Victor runs up to it, and he's
0: like, "Oh my god!" Like he's got to. Dis- and then they do this side shot where he leaps over, and he escapes, in and slow then- motion, and slow over the hay motion, bale.
3: yeah.
1: And there's plenty of room to go around, by the way. Yeah, and exactly. Then- and then Oh, and the close-up of Neil's face when he's like driving the motorcycle too, like how intense he looks, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like I'm gonna get you. And then <laughs> and then Neil drives up to the
0: to the hay bale and he's like stuck. Like he kids <laughs> that's it. He's trapped. I love that. That reminds me of like the like uh, airplane kind of humor yeah, and blazing, I, saddles, blazing saddles Specifically,
1: there's that scene in blazing oh, saddles yes. where they put up the toll booth in the middle of the desert and instead of just going around it the guy's like <laughs> we gotta go back to camp and get a shitload of dimes <laughs> <laughs> like it's so stupid but it's so funny i, I yeah. love that part and oh, the way man. it's filmed is so spot on like that kind of chase scene from that era yep. it's beautiful it's beautiful yep. That's and then cute. meanwhile, Abby's back at camp, making out with everyone. And Victor's like, wait for me, Abby Bernstein or something. <laughs> yep. So then we get back to camp. Janine is like, I don't know how she would know this, by the way. But she's like, the kids are stuck. Like, they're almost <laughs> about to go over the rapids. And you see this shot, like you see in an Indiana Jones movie, where something terrible <laughs> is about to happen. And the kids are all on the raft right over the edge of this waterfall. And then they repeatedly cut back to the kids at the exact same spot about the the waterfly as time has gone by. Just like an Indiana Jones movie, like the exaggerated version of that, where he has to grab his hat and his hand's almost gonna get crushed or something. Yeah. They're not they're not moving at all. Yeah. Like the water's rushing past them, and they're they're not at all moving.
0: Oh god, so funny. And
1: oh, and then the other funny thing is when um when the Victor gets back, he sees Abby and she's like now making out with a camper. Like, like Like an actual like 13 year old kid. I was just like, whoa, so bad. (gasps) Oh, and then my favorite scene. Okay. My favorite scene is, um, Oh, sorry. This is like before this, before that happened, before we see Victor, Neil and, um, Beth the camp director they're like trying to find out where Victor is and apparently he's called from like inside the camp so then they have to find like where the phone is (laughs) they go into and it's in the infirmary apparently they go into the infirmary and they're like where's the phone and they just start knocking shit off of tables and like counters and every surface it's a it's the most it's to me it's the funniest scene in the whole movie just because it's like 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 by the end of it like neil's like like knocking over like he like they've actually gone through the whole building and knocked everything off surfaces so he takes a jar and he throws it against the wall he bumps into a lamp and he like knocks that over it's it's amazing it's bonkers sorry i can't even tell you how good that scene is that scene is bad.
0: fantastic janine garofalo said it was her favorite to film they had such a good time i would love
1: to have filmed that scene wouldn't it be amazing to just run through a set and knock shit off of things yep screaming and yelling so sounds- great that sounds like they should be like therapy rooms where you can do that. I'm not kidding.
0: <laughs> but uh, they finally get back to the campers. They rescue oh, yeah.
1: the. You don't even see it. You don't even actually see oh, the rescue. Yeah, that's the best part. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah, like, like Victor is going to go to rescue them, but then they cut to Neil and you just have to see him act Joel Truly, or just acting that whole thing out. Yep. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> oh, gestures, yeah. Like, like with hand gestures, like, oh, yep. ah, oh, you're doing it. You're saving yep. them. <laughs> yeah
0: and then they're they're all walking up the side of the bank and this is my favorite i freaking love this part where victor goes to neil next time you drive the van and then they, <laughs> they start laughing and they and they just keep that ridiculous laughing as they get closer to the camera and then off camera
1: yeah it's, it's like 100
0: like sitcom or something a sitcom so perfect i loved 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 it. Next time you drive the van, oh. yeah, like that oh. has
1: anything to do with anything, too. Like it's hilarious. Oh my god! Oh. And can I just say how much I love Abby? Like she's kissing people all the time in this movie. Just like <laughs> anybody. Like I like, and like at the talent show. Like at some point during the talent show, this like wind blows up, and she's sitting next to Lindsay, and then she starts kissing Lindsay. Yeah, they start making out. That's pretty. Oh, I love Abby. Silly. I love her. She's just so pure. She's purely what she is. Anyway,
2: <laughs> of course. What a, what of course. <laughs> like of course that's the character you would like the most. Of course.
1: <laughs> I didn't say the most, but
2: <laughs> of course that's the one like you relate to. You're like, "Oh, the the horny girl who, who makes out I with mean, everybody."
1: You know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that brings us to the theater people. Susie, who's Amy Poehler, and Ben, who is Bradley Cooper, are the theater obsessives. And I have a clip about, I think, one of their first scenes. So I'll play that really quick and then we can discuss them.
4: Hey, you guys. Everybody focus up, okay? All eyes here. I would like to announce that Ben and I are planning to produce a musical number from Godspell for the talent show tonight. <coughs> I'm sorry. Ben is producing. I am directing slash choreographing. And I'm only speaking for personal experience, but if you can't carry a tune, don't come into the audition environment and waste our time. <laughs> We're serious, okay? Okay, and bring a lot of movement clothes, a.k.a. jazz shoes, dance belts, lycras, et al. And seriously, FYI, you guys, this is not an excuse to get out of your regular activities. This is an excuse to do some good musical theater. So be prepared, be enthusiastic, and leave your bullshit attitude and baggage at the door. Because we don't need it! Hey, you guys!
1: <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Amy
1: <laughs> Fuller. <Fantastic>. Yes. <laughs> yes! Oh, jeez. Yeah, this is them in the cafeteria trying to recruit people. <laughs> They're perfect. Yeah, as a theater
0: person, have you met No, oh, I people? loved it. I loved it. I've met these people. I've seen these people where they're like, yeah, don't come if you're not serious. You yeah, know, this is
1: life and death. And, you know, yeah, I've, yeah. <laughs> and like, Serena, you said you had something to say about maybe talent shows, like, um,
2: well, because it, it is a huge part of, like, the camp experience is, like, the the end of camp talent show. And it is really one of those things where it's, like, the kids and the counselors. I mean, you're working the entire week um, on these displays. And it's, like, really serious. Like, everyone – well, not the, the counselors as much, but, like, the kids take it really seriously. Like, I <laughs> – like, we still joke about it, like, some of my – counselor friends you know we did at the time rent was really popular i remember doing like i yes, still have like nightmares yes. like i still have like these rent nightmares of like <laughs> oh my god like some nine-year-old <laughs> trying to sing take
0: me out tonight or something
2: <laughs> what well, like, was us i mean it wasn't the, the kids themselves were more into like their dance routines like that was really more of like what they were interested in doing but the counselors like we had to come up with our own um things to do and i remember we did this whole yeah we did this whole rent thing and then we did um we would always do a like a prayer like like (laughs) montage (laughs) and that was and that was definitely like from me as like a throwback to like uh, some of our like house parties and singing and Mm -hmm. dancing around and like miming to that i don't know it was it's definitely like a huge deal in like the microcosm of camp so like it went, when they're about how serious everything is, you know. How about the
1: theater counselors? Were there specific theater counselors where you were? Or?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And actually one of my good friends went on to be um, a theater teacher and another one, a, one another counselor actually went and I don't know if you remember, I went to Vanuatu, which is a tiny like island nation in the Pacific. Mm one of the art counselors actually started a theater group there in Vanuatu, like using yeah. his like camp experiences. And I got to visit him there and see like the work that he's doing. And he was at, at the time, like I think I was his boss when we were young and he was like, I learned so much from you. And like, I didn't give a shit, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> but he was like, he was like, Oh my God, there is so much that like, I learned from camp and learned from you. And like, without those experiences, I couldn't have gone on to like do this, you know? So it's really strange how that, that stuff comes through, you know? Hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, we so- definitely had some big, big theater people. I think, yeah. I think my friend went into a theater therapy, which I never realized was like a thing. Like oh, a, a the- yeah, yeah like, sure. kind of like art therapy, but yeah. using mm-hmm. like dramatics. And that that's his like career now. That's, that's awesome. cool. Yeah. Random. So
1: these, yeah, these theater counselors are definitely not into theater therapy. They're just being like super hard on these kids. <laughs> like, um,
2: right.
1: so they're watching them dance, and Amy Poehler's like, I feel like I'm watching regional theater, you guys. And then she's like, Your craft is a muscle. <laughs> <And> like, she's. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah oh you, you geez do, yeah. and she's she's
0: just saying they're all crap but then at the end the girl has got this amazing voice she's yeah can when totally day by day from when Godspell. they do day by day
1: of Godspell. yeah yeah Have, do you know that musical or like like anything about it or like um gosh i forgot i okay don't worry i remember that
0: one song but i don't remember the rest of godspell no
1: yeah i'm trying to think i wonder if that was like the cliched thing in the 70s and 80s the way rent was when serena was a camper or a counselor rather you know i don't know yep yeah, day, by day Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She does have a great voice. Yeah, she told they, they they're, they've got great costumes. They've got like a ridiculous set that they all put together in one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've <laughs> got dance moves, and she's
0: like, "Oh my god, they suck." <laughs> she's nuts.
1: And then, meanwhile, the other talents. There's like a guy who can balance brooms. <laughs> I got a true behind uh-huh. the
0: scenes fact about that one. That's With the them. camp owner's kid. No like, way. And and yeah. He was wearing the actual camp t-shirt.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. There's another kid who lights his farts. Yes. <laughs> which may or may not be the kid who makes out with Abby. I
2: don't know. It is. It's the it same is. kid. Yeah, And it's the <laughs> so, kid that does all the announcements too. Oh like dinner or like whatever he says. Yeah,
1: And then like, there's this weird like comedian who like played also by Michael Showalter. I think he's supposed to be kind of like this stereotypical, like kind of, comedian that would entertain like like we were talking about in Dirty Dancing at the Borscht Belt yeah, Resort yeah with the uh-huh. really corny with the corny humor and like they have everybody laughing at his terrible jokes like they're the funniest things they've ever heard in their lives which is funny mm-hmm.
0: yeah that was yeah. Fu- that bit was great
1: yeah anyway the talent show goes off without a hitch despite uh Amy or P- uh, Susie's worries Ben seems like he's less worried he seems like he's the the, the good cop of the theater counselors mm-hmm. I don't know any more about the theater counselors? No, no. Okay. So Ben is in another subplot and another romance in the movie with McKinley. So McKinley's just kind of another camper or sorry, another counselor played by Michael Ian black, who is one of the state people. And, um, we we find out about this romance cuz like McKinley's with a couple of the other male counselors behind a tree and they're watching girls like taking off their shorts and shirts to like go swimming in their bikinis like in a normal movie like this you would see them all topless but i think the gag is kind of that they don't get topless and instead <laughs> yeah. they're just like ogling yeah, they're not they're, even swimming. Yeah. They're just
0: standing in the water, tossing a beach ball. Back well, that, that's part the, of
1: the like, gag too. That's part of that's the like, gag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like in movies like that, you always see girls doing things that they don't normally do, like frolicking in a dressing room or something, right? Like we don't <laughs> right. we don't go to the dressing room and just like like pu- like throw our hair back and show boobs to each other. It's like I don't <laughs> right.
2: know. Anyway, they're just
1: like all ogling the girls, like um getting like out in their, in their bikinis and McKinley's like, Oh, I'll see you guys later. And so then the two guys are like saying, Oh, McKinley's never gotten laid. He's never slept with a girl. Like he needs, they even, I think they call him, they call him a gay slur, like a homophobic slur. Uh And like, and then that cuts to like McKinley going into a shed and there's Ben, the theater counselor in the shed in waiting for him and they they start to just like they're it's like the most romantic scene in the entire movie. <laughs> it is, it
0: is right. It's very tender. Yeah,
1: they're just very tenderly touching each other's face, taking off each other's shirts, and like kissing each other. And then like then they they don't shy away at all. Like they're definitely showing like implying that they're having anal sex. And it's like, yeah. but it's like really kind of like romantic and then kind of hot. And you're like, oh, yeah. well, good for you guys. No, you. I know the way
0: they play it, man. They're those two actors did not like go <laughs> like, like it's probably the least um overdone satirical, satirical yeah. thing. I was yeah. like, I, I really from Ben um Ben Cooper. Bradley Cooper. I was like, yeah. Good, to, like I was just the way he like touches. Way Ben touches McKinley's face, it was so tender and beautiful. Yeah. I'm like, oh my eyes!
1: <laughs> and in 2001, that complaint. really meant a lot too. Like in kind of a mainstream comedy, one well, it was a main, It was an indie comedy, but still, like it wasn't specifically an LGBT movie, right? Right. It's just like a meant for just general audiences, and to have that kind of gay love scene is actually a lot. I like the way it, I like the way also it intercuts like still with the guys like being losers watching the girls in their bikinis <laughs> talking shit about McKinley. And then it cuts back to the love scene like, like he's yeah. actually having sex. They're the ones just like sitting there being losers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Trying to hide behind a tree as if yeah. they really could be. Like, yeah. He he girls in bikinis. He he. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so later, um, they see um, those two same guys see McKinley like go off into the woods with Susie, and th- so they assume that they're going to have sex, but instead they stumble upon like Susie's playing like the f- a pan flute or something, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like yeah. and then they see that like McKinley and Ben are like getting married with like flower garlands in their hair, and like Ginny Garofalo is officiating, and I think Michael <laughs> Walter's there too.
2: Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. funny. and the guitar
1: guy. There's a guy who plays a guitar. He's there too. Yeah, and it's like, but it's this beautiful looking wedding ceremony. But it's also hilarious because it's like yep. such a cliche. It's such a cliche of that type of hippie wedding. Yep. Yeah. Later, you expect that those two guys, those two guys, come with like a giant box, like to the cafeteria, and they're like Ben mckinley this is for you and you like expect it's going to be like them yeah. being negative because they've been homophobic. Af- they're really instead. horrified
2: too i don't know if you remember like yeah, i've never you- like their faces like they're like <gasps> they're like oh no everyone's gonna find out you know it's gonna be terrible and, <laughs> and then yeah
1: and then they roll up the box to ben and mckinley and, and they're like it's a chaise lounge. Like, yeah. like Congratulations. And then they're like, oh, it'll match that like blanket that somebody gave us or something. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's happy for them. And yeah, yep. that was, it was, it was kind of, it was sweet. I thought it was sweet. So yep. it's like, that's subverting the homophobia that you see in so many like late seventies or early eighties movies, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely the happiest couple outcome. Really. <laughs> <For> <laughs> well, sure. So, so Beth and Sure. Uh, What's but, like you, but, but like you said, because their love scene is like the least satirical seeming scene, oh, like I actually yeah. sort of feel more for them in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then we come to the next plot point, and that is um, Gene. He is the, the chef or the kitchen. What would you call that at camp? Like uh, the, head, head head kitchen. Well, I was asking like, Serena. Like, is there oh, a specific uh, name you like?
2: Yeah. Well, like just like the cook. Like, I, okay, I cook, do remember we, we had like a head cook or chef and she was actually a, a lunch lady at like the Delavan district. Okay. And sure. this was like her summer job. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, this, yeah. This sense. head chef, this head cook, uh, Jean, was a Vietnam veteran. And um, the first thing you see about him is he's always been really tough on his assistant chef or assistant cook or whatever. And like, that's normal. But then there's this running gag where, like, every time he like leaves a conversation, he drops in some really inappropriate line. Like, like he's he tells his you know assistant cook where to find something, and he's like, "It's on the shelf next to my dick cream or something." <laughs> like, I don't even know what dick cream is for one thing. Like, is it implying no. that it is a cream you put on your dick, or is it implying <laughs> that it's cream that comes out of your dick? I don't know. I could don't go know. either way with this guy. It really could. and then and then the assistant cooks like you said dick cream and he's like no i didn't say that i said i don't even remember what he says he said instead but the the gag is he keeps saying inappropriate things and then claiming he didn't say them um another one he says is i'm gonna go fondle my sweaters and then he covers that one up with i'm gonna go fondue some cheddar but like it's it's just like he keeps saying these really crazy things and meanwhile being a jerk to the assistant cook too okay and then it gets weirder (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah it so gets weirder because
1: <laughs> he's then talking to a can of mixed vegetables and the can of mixed vegetables talks back to him and like mm-hmm. actually when you get to a wet hot american summer first day of camp the series they give a re- explanation for the mixed vegetables okay oh, but just good. with the movie as a standalone you think okay this man has lost his mind a can of right. vegetables is talking to him <laughs> Again, like
0: why was this guy let near children? Like, didn't they do a background check?
1: They checked and they saw that he was a veteran. I guess. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean Toxic cans of soup and Yeah. I mean, that's not gonna hurt anyone that part, honestly, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the anyway, the mixed vegetable can like like also hears him saying something inappropriate. And then he tries to cover that up, and then the mixed vegetable can tells him, "Just be honest about who you are, and like, don't hide your like true self from people." <laughs> so um, then, but before the last scene, like his big character arc thing, he leads, as we mentioned, he leads Coop's training montage, and he's doing the interpretive dance and whatever. And then finally, there's this big scene where the the cook, where he goes to makes an announcement in front of the whole camp who's in the cafeteria. And he gives us like, you know how they have those rousing speeches in movies where somebody's like, I'm Mm -hmm. finally being Mm -hmm. my true self and telling you who I am. And it's like it's got that inspirational music. And um, he's like, I like to fondle my sweaters and I like and I have dick cream and like I like to rub mud on my ass. And then he's like, and now I'm going to go and I'm going to hump a fridge and and they bring the fridge out into the room and then he starts humping it. And then they move him out of there by carrying the fridge. It's the weirdest thing. That is like the weirdest scene in one of the weirdest movies.
0: Yeah. So weird. And then
1: everybody claps. Yeah. Everybody claps. And Paul Paul Rudd's reactions during this scene are hilarious. He's like nodding like, yeah, that's right. That's right.
3: (laughs)
0: Eating an apple.
1: Okay. Fun production behind the scenes about
0: that as well apparently when um gene gives this speech there was really no there's i think there's a couple kids behind him but then there's nobody else he they filmed it just on him and all those cuts to other people's reactions and stuff like that were like filmed later on and those are like brought in and editing and stuff like that it wasn't all so that look that paul rudd gives They might have been like, all right, Paul, stand here. We need you to make some, you know, nod, (laughs) smile, and like, okay, and then shot (laughs) it, and off they went. So, um, yeah, so I appreciate those scenes for that kind of thing, but um,
2: so bizarre.
0: It was so weird
2: yeah it, it was a little like uncomfortable there's such a like an uncomfortableness about this and maybe because you are thinking like okay this is a, a camp for kids and this is like wildly inappropriate
1: yeah like this is the same camp where they're ditching kids on the side of the road after their swim buddy was dry too. i know i know
2: and i think that's where it like comes in where you're just like it's it's kind of like cringy you know like and that's I, don't, I get just the comparisons of like nowadays to like what the 80s were actually like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. bring in this like exaggerated version. It's oh, yeah. so jarring.
1: Yeah. And it also plays with the cliche of the Vietnam vet character that you'd see in a lot yeah. of movies. Yeah. Which, Oh my God. There's and so I'm many. Sure,
2: I'm sure it's Sophia watching this like as through the eyes of like a parent, you know, and you're like thinking, right. Like how <laughs> right. would I as said parent, my
0: to this camp? <laughs> As, as a preschool TA <laughs> at a Catholic school. Yes. All of the above. I'm like, <laughs> ah, the skin crawl again, 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 i, I just right. like,
1: I'm so protective of the children well, yeah only, only one of this only one of gene's activities would really potentially harm people i think though like i mean the, the humping the fridge eh, it's not gonna make a difference fondling his sweaters that's in his own cabin and they're just sweaters rubbing mud on his ass as long as he washes his hand afterwards the, i'm only really worried about the dick cream because i don't well i'm also <laughs> I don't, worried about his I don't, behavior. Think you should, I don't think you should keep that
0: in the kitchen. Toward the other kid to the his like assistant and he's always got that big butcher What are you
1: threatening people for? I can't I it. was just talking on the level of the sexual stuff. Like I was like <laughs> I'm sorry, it was kind of a joke, but like but if you think about it also like he's not actually doing things that are harmful to the kids. He's just out of bounds oversharing it. And speaking of oversharing, ooh oh, segue perfect. We come, to Mo- we come to Molly Shannon's character, who is the arts and crafts counselor, Gail. And um, yeah, she's a really, as far as I can tell, she's a pretty crappy counselor. <laughs> <She's-> <laughs> uh, if I may, in the
0: commentary, the guys were like, yeah, it seemed that every arts and craft counselor was this. 35 year old woman who was a little frazzled and like her marriage is falling apart and like oversharing with the kids like apparently th- they experienced that at camp I'm like oh my wow. gosh it's terrible so wow, it-
1: <laughs> yes. that's awesome it was a very specific character that they were familiar with oh my <laughs> Yeah. So we get introduced to Gail. She comes in and she's like, we're going to make like, we're going to use crayons to make some banners for the talent show. And like, there's one crayon left. And the little girl says, why don't we just use their markers? There's like millions of them. And she's like, I don't need this feedback or something to the little girl (laughs) kind of snaps at her. And then she starts like crying. And then like, like this gets, there's bits of this scene that keep getting like, cut back to over the whole thing but this little boy in particular starts like counseling her about things and being like gail men are schmucks (laughs) and like you've got to stand up for yourself gail and stuff like this this little kid like saying all this shit and then the kids as a whole like like the thing that they're talking about she's talking about her ex-husband ron who like left her and treated her badly and stuff like that and then the kids start counseling her about how she's gonna like like reject ron if he tries to get her back yeah, and then one of the boys gives her a back massage. Yep. <laughs> the, the same little counselor the same boy. One, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like
0: sounds like an adult but is, you know,
1: Yeah. Th- and
0: and I love that they do like a role play. They like, you know, do the phone call as if Ron were calling and what would she say and she kind of tenses up and another
1: kid's like stay strong Gail and like and that was the <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and then she's like no ron i won't come back to you in the role play yeah Mm -hmm. or something like that and then it really happens they're at the talent show and like ron shows up and tries to get gail back and then the kids are all looking at her like come on gail like be like stay strong like you're saying and and she rejects him and like and she says no ron i'm done with you or something and everybody claps and like yeah and then We get the most inappropriate relationship in the movie. So bad. <laughs> like, Gail is like, um, they're, they're all leaving camp, and Gail's talking to, like, Beth. And, like, she's, like, holding, is she holding hands, or she just has her arm around the little kid or something? I think she has her, her arm around him. Around. Yeah, the little boy who was counseling her. She's like, we're getting married, or something like Yeah, that. We're getting married, you all the invited. Director is like, oh, good luck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like it's no big deal like it's totally normal
1: yeah 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 that's probably yeah like in reality that would probably be the most well other than letting kids drown would be the most inappropriate too but this is time <laughs> <Yeah. to laughs> this, this right yeah yep <laughs> oh god Okay, and um, a final little character thing. There's the radio kid, Artie the beekeeper Solomon. So he does like a kind of announcements and narration throughout the film. But the funniest part of this is there's this kid and he's obsessed with the radio. He never leaves. He hasn't taken a shower or whatever. He's always on the radio doing this like little funny radio personality. Like, And then you see, there's a scene where it shows you that all the radio equipment's unplugged. <laughs> so all the times when they've shown him talking and it looks and it's as if it's to the whole camp, nobody's hearing him. Yep. He's, it's implied that he's just been holed up in this radio room the whole camp, not showering, talking to nobody. I felt I felt bad for him. <laughs>
0: yep. But I love that it's like gotta take a shower. It's been all summer. You don't want to get in trouble with your parents. Take a shower, and then he cuts later, and he's like, "Did you do?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I took a shower." <laughs> he clearly hasn't. And I, yeah. I love that filming at the end too, where they like you know show I don't know Ben and and mckinley mckinley probably. nod yeah. to a couple of one other counselor and then he nods to another and then they all run in and they carry uh Party. radio kid yeah. to the shower and like force him to
1: take a shower yeah with, <laughs> with his clothes on yeah with his, his clothes, clothes on, on. Yeah. with his clothes yeah. on and that's another one of those times where it says like they it, it cuts and it's like one minute later well, <laughs> like, yep, so yeah so the whole took shower took like, like a minute yeah <laughs> Anyway, I, I love that little bit. So, like, let's see. We're going to cover now any scenes that we missed or little tidbits that we missed. Um, there's a scene that leads to the Netflix series where they promise to meet 10 years from now. And they're all, like, on the the stairs, like, yeah, we got to meet up again in 10 years. And then they're debating, like, well, what time? What time of day? <laughs> and then McKinley said, like, said, he already has something scheduled at 11. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so random and then he says i've already moved it twice i can't change it again
0: that's funny (laughs) i I
1: like that part oh and then this is probably the most famous scene um we didn't cover this yet because it doesn't really advance any of the plots that much um the going into town scene
2: i really loved this scene because it (laughs) it was so true to like because like i said like in camp you're like it's 24 it's a 24 7 job yeah and you are always on so like any opportunity to like leave is so huge and at the time I mean I because I was um from there um, yeah, mm-hmm. from the area I had a car so like I was so popular because uh-huh. people <laughs> just wanted to leave and like I was and I knew where I was I knew how to get places you know yeah. so like it it was, I was always getting hit up to like take people to like Walmart was like the huge like shopping and going into like Lake Geneva was like a big deal, you know, or going into the town of Delavid, which was like nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, that was like so true. And then, of course, you know, I remember you guys. There was this little bar at the end of this really long street. Like it was it was a, I think on the road that the camp was on, there was pretty much the only thing at the end of it was camp and there wasn't anything until you got to kind of like a highway. But at the end of the highway was this bar called the Wagon Wheel. And <laughs> all the counselors would that were of age and some who weren't um would walk to like the Wagon Wheel which was this like po dunk bar in like Delavan, Wisconsin and just get trashed (laughs) <laughs> and like that was and that scene kind of reminded me of like how many like accidents and like stories and people falling into the lake and all of the stuff happening like <laughs> on the way back from the wagon wheel <laughs> like walking on the road so that that it just brought up a lot of memories and i really it was so true like that's exactly what ends up happening and not necessarily like you know end up in like a, a crack, crack house <laughs> but maybe yeah, you know let's, let's, let's
1: talk about how the scene progressed then because like yeah like um so it starts out they're just like binging on food like and just first they're just eating ice creams actually like pretty normally and then you see them like stuffing french fries into their mouth like like in a ridiculous way like you would see in a comedy (laughs) and then you see them um smoking cigarettes then you see them scoring beer buying beer (laughs) then you see them smoking weed and, like, after the smoking weed is where it starts to get exaggerated and crazy. Because the next step, I think, is um, they're doing the slippery slope. They're basically reenacting the slip the supposed slippery slope. Because then they're going to score some cocaine in an alley, like Katie and yeah. Yep. And, and then they're mugging an old lady. They mug an old lady after that.
2: And then they're in... Like, what's funny I, is that it's not only the counselors, it's the camp director. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah,
0: Beating up the old lady to get the get money.
1: Yeah, and then they're all in a heroin den, basically, and they're like shooting. They're like fully shooting up, and there's like these really like they all look terrible. They all look like they've been like strung out for like days and days or whatever. And like like Gianni Garofalo is like twitching and shit, like. But then they cut from that to them all happily coming back in the camp truck, like with the with the really cheerful music playing. It's like love is all right tonight. And like and then they're like, How is town? And like, oh, it's awesome, always awesome to get away from camp, even if it's just for an hour.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so that I love that montage. That one I think that's probably the most famous thing from this movie. Yeah.
2: You,
1: that I've if, I've if people have seen something from it, if they haven't seen the movie, they've usually seen this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: anyway yeah hopefully it didn't bring up too many memories <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious the next scene we're going to talk about is my favorite it's like my my yeah my actual favorite because i reenact it sometimes there's this scene where paul <coughs> rudd finishes eating in the cafeteria and like knocks his like tray off the like the table or whatever and like then Ginny garofalo is the only one there the camp director and she's like clean it up and like Paul Rudd does this thing like where he's like pretending that his like limbs are weak and he's like, oh, yep. oh, oh, I can't pick it up. And he like he like wants he like kind of staggers around the room like half acidly, picking up one thing at a time, dropping it again. Like, like he doesn't actually end up cleaning all of it up in the end anyway. But like he's made all these dramatic gestures. And like seriously, if I'm tired, sometimes I reenact that like like just to be funny. Like I actually do yes. clean the things up. It's like a but, toddler. Like, oh,
0: it's like a child. <laughs> who won- yeah. Oh my gosh. Very funny. Very Paul
1: Rudd is so good in this movie and that scene is, oh my God, he's so good. Anyway. All right. So we're going to do a little tiny every rom-com theater just for this one scene in the movie. That's very meta. This is pretty much the whole scene we're going to be doing. This is the scene. Um, I called it the big game in my notes. So this is Coop starting out and he's talking to some campers. As everybody knows, today is the big, culminating, climactic softball game against Evil Camp Tiger Claw.
3: Boo!
1: We have put together an unlikely team of misfits, and we've been training like crazy all summer. Yeah, it's a motley crew that you'd think would never even be able to win a single game. We had a kooky training period where it seemed like, well, it seemed like nothing was going to go right. But guys, somehow we made it to the finals. So I say... When those anonymously evil campers from Tiger Claw get here, we give it our best shot and we try to come from behind at the last minute with some weird trick play that we made up, and we win the game. What do you say, team? It sounds like pretty well worn
2: territory. The whole thing feels kind of trite. I say we forget it.
1: Is that how everybody feels? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's fine with me. Okay, so at this point, Coop goes to the rival camp's bus, which is just pulled up, and you see him talking to another coach, and then the coach goes back into the bus, and the bus drives off, <laughs> and Coop says, it's no big deal, they were totally cool with it, and all the campers run away, and all the campers, like, walk off. Perfect. I love this, I love this scene, it is, I don't know, do you guys like this was scene, this, did you remember, was this, yeah. a
2: pl- was this a play on, like, like Bad News Bears or something? like, oh, like
1: every sports movie, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay,
2: okay yeah
1: like i this loved is, it and i love the anonymously evil campers from camp tiger <laughs> <laughs> right yeah
0: i know, I know. <laughs> and we'll 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 use that trick that we made up and win
1: the game <laughs> yep. uh, yeah it's pretty great i'll still watch movies like that that use this cliche but i love how called how much it called it out like i love it so much so just to like sum up we've gone over parts of the end of the movie before but we'll sum it up the talent show we we see the comedian we see the day by day and then we see this like weird kid that like he's like the weird kid who hangs out by himself like you see him first like holding a chicken and pretending it's a gun and then beth tells amy and or beth tells susie and ben that he should be in the talent show and they're like no oh my god but like uh, he's apparently been working on some talent all summer and um sophia do you want to introduce it (laughs) sure so
0: they uh susie and ben agree to put him at the end of the show and i mean this is all culminating to the Skylab thing and and it, guy gets out there and he raises his hands and all of a sudden wind picks up and wind is blowing everywhere and he's like created this wind storm and that's when uh the two girls start kissing and I don't know, the Skylab yeah. thing is going on and just all this crazy stuff. And uh, Coop comes in and, you know, tells Katie. Did he come in you know, during
1: the wind tunnel?
0: Well, well, because they go back outside and there's no wind. Like okay. it's windy in the, in the theater place okay. and then there's no wind. And, and so it's just madness. And then, and then everything gets resolved. Skylab lands doesn't kill anybody. Everybody, everything ends. Yeah and then and, like, and
1: then the, the important thing too is that you don't know if you you're not sure in the plot whether Skylab was diverted by the science people or whether it was this <laughs> random magical wind kid. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know if there was anything in the commentary about the wind kid because I didn't listen to all. Did you hear anything interesting about him or like
0: there's a thing that people seem to miss that he's you know, he talks like a robot and he's doing his little experiments. And there's that one camp counselor who is mean to him because he's his brother. And when wind kid comes out right at the beginning of his 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 act. It's that counselor that's like, screw you, or whatever, like yells at oh it. him, and that's his brother. But at the end of the whole thing, he's the one, the brother starts doing the slow clap and clapping oh. for his brother. And then everybody, oh. I know, I know. You know, what's really funny is that during the commentary, they had to explain that like people missed that, that uh line where they're like, oh, that's my stupid brother or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I've
1: seen that movie three times. I didn't remember that. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 But so the then slow they, clap yeah. scene,
0: love that. Always a fan of the slow yeah, clap.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. And everybody. <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty impressive if somebody could generate wind. Yeah. Yeah. Be,
0: that's like yeah. superpowers. You, yeah. Yeah.
1: Takes so, like, um, yeah, Skylab's diverted. People like the neck. We see the next day of camp leaving scene where Beth and Henry get a happy ending. Gail and the kid get a disturbing happy ending. And um, yeah, Katie leaves coop for Andy yet again. So Serena, I wanted to ask you if there was anything else like from the movie that reminded you of your experience working at a camp, just in case we didn't cover something.
2: I mean, pretty much just the whole thing. I think they were really spot on. I mean, obviously it was very exaggerated, but I think they're like really spot on about um, how the day goes. (laughs) Mm. I know that sounds weird, but like the timing of it, because everything about camp is very timed. Mm-hmm. um you know like around meals and um also oh, we you didn't mention the the color war um oh the capture the flag or something capture the flag yeah so they oh sorry yeah capture the flag that color war um and how like those parts are just a really big part of camp as well i don't know they just did a really good job obviously whoever who wrote this went to camp and that's mm-hmm. pretty much yeah, what it's like there is a lot of, like, sex going on, for sure, especially with counselors. I mean, I, for one, like, had multiple relationships, <laughs> um, you know, during camp, and it was... it some of those relationships some people got married from camp i remember there were some pregnancies um from counselors i mean there was all kinds of drama that that happened which is really like right on so i mean that they would have like a a camp romance is really spot on because you put people young people especially in this kind of environment and then of course like this is the stuff that that's gonna happen so i mean they did a good job Um, with with the wagon wheel and hooking up yes (laughs) yeah as far as like um exaggerating it or it it is exaggerated but not really i mean (laughs) (laughs) in some ways yes in other ways i mean there's some ridiculous stuff that went on and that happened that i you know i still laugh about and think about today like 20 years later
1: as long as you didn't like ditch kids on the side of the road. (laughs) (laughs) right? So which of these um, characters, if any, can you relate to, or who do you think you are most like in this movie? Like when you were younger and now, and I'll start out, like I realized the other day that I now relate to Artie, the beekeeper Solomon as a a podcaster, because I did not shower very much this last week. And I was spending (laughs) all my time working on the podcast and, um, while we are while we do have an audience, um, it's probably not as many people as I would like it to be. And it's like any I don't actually get any immediate feedback from most of them because like it kind of just goes out there, right? And like sometimes I'll hear from them. So I relate to Artie now and his desire oh. to broadcast his ideas. And um when I was younger, okay, Serena, you did call me on it. I did relate to Abby when I was younger. <laughs> I I wouldn't make out with just anybody, but I was definitely motivated by making out. So I I had some I have an affection for Abby and her. The purity of her sluthood is very inspiring. <laughs> what uh-huh. about you, Serena?
0: As a camp counselor,
2: I don't know. I don't think I really was any of these characters. Um, if anything, like I felt like I related the most to Beth, Beth. Um, the camp director. Maybe, maybe because at one point I was kind of more of the removed boss, like mm-hmm. um, my last my last summer there. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I think I was a pretty average counselor. Like I had some drama, but not a lot. Like I don't, I don't think I fell into any big cliches.
1: Sophia, like, do you relate to any of these characters? And it doesn't have to be like you are just like them. Just there's some yeah. aspect. Um, I
0: if I were to relate to any remotely, it'd be Beth.
1: And like, what qualities c- of hers? Just like,
0: you know, I think she does care about like keeping it together a little bit. You know, <laughs> and I like her, her, her sweet little romance with henry and their cute little trying to impress each other with you know yeah she learned about astrophysics he learned about <laughs> camp count you know directors
2: and <laughs> like she she's kind of nerdy there's, yeah, like, a, she's and there's just, also like a hippie quality to her oh yeah well. i know i love her clothes i love her little
0: shirt and her little bell bottoms and <laughs> uh production note uh, she wore that for 28 days straight and she said it was, oh she stank at the end of it and it was just <laughs> she was so sick of those clothes Well, I yeah, mean, all they, of them
1: they were also like apparently like drinking and like I have yeah. parties all the time too so like the p- yeah. clothes probably suffered from that as well <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. so um okay so let's see so do you guys have any favorite subplot or couple in the movie or like
0: I feel like I answered that like beth and henry
1: beth and henry or beth
0: and henry i like the victor neil abby
2: bits mckinley and ben
1: yeah mckinley and ben is like one of my two favorites that and the the victor and abby and neil raft adventure (laughs) yeah
0: yeah i really like the raft.
1: (laughs) i that grew on me too though because i think the first time i saw the movie the victor and abby and neil thing didn't stick out to me but this time it was my favorite bit like i just loved it (laughs) Okay. So, and then just um, one more thing about the movie, a couple articles pointed out that this movie is not just a summer camp movie, but it's kind of like a Jewish summer camp movie, which is like similar to, we were talking about Dirty Dancing. It's set at a Jewish resort, but it's a lot less obvious in Dirty Dancing. In this, in this movie, there's a lot of references to like Judaism and like, in terms of like, they're speaking Yiddish and like Hebrew at a certain time. Um, mm-hmm. and like, the, uh, the kid that does the radio is saying like, you can hear me like on Jewish day school radio or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Right, right. And he says when you're I love that you're sometimes for no reason late to shul. And yeah, then like yeah. but, but one of the funniest parts where, is where Beth is listing like these increasingly absurd camper names that are all supposed to be <laughs> kind of like Jewish names. Apparently one of them was like somebody Azaria. Hank Azaria actually went to that camp when he was little, apparently. Oh, and really? they saw fla- they yeah. saw some plaque with his name on it. And so they put that in, in as a call out to him. And uh-huh, um like,
2: that's hilarious.
1: Yeah, but then Beth's list starts getting weirder and she's like Rachel <laughs> Clipper Hofferman. I think she might have just been making names up. Yeah, I don't know. I think she was. I think she was improvising.
0: And then there was like a, a wall that had campers names on them. And, it, and it? so she was okay. just reading off some of them, too. And a combination yeah. of all that.
2: That's funny. Anyway. Yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't really know a lot about camp culture or summer camps before I started working at one. And then I started to learn so much about it. And um, the last year I was there, my assistant director had come from a Jewish camping background and she was pretty young this was like her first assistant director position and now she actually um and we're still friends we still communicate she's actually like the the director of a huge jewish camp in wisconsin um the yeah the i think Mm -hmm. jcc is like a a a jewish camping organization and i learned so much from her about because she grew up going to jewish camp and then she went on that that summer at House in the woods. She hired some of her former campers to be counselors, so I learned from them just how important Jewish camp is to um, Jewish communities and Jewish youth that are growing up. Um, because for them, it's a lot of uh, it, it's keeping alive some traditions that they wouldn't always. Be associated with in their home life, you know what I mean. Okay. So it's like they would learn more about their religion, and also it was really pushed that um, that they kept in contact and had like a a, a worldwide, if not like country, community. Um, so I didn't I didn't know anything about that. I, I didn't realize that that was such a huge thing. Um, and then over the years, I never did. But she. You, you don't need to be Jewish to go to a lot of these summer camps. I mean, I guess it helps. Um, <laughs> or one of the reasons you would want to. Um, and the same way with the counselors. You don't necessarily have to be Jewish to be a counselor. So she had asked me several times if I wanted to come and work um, at her camp. I never did because um, I was like, eh, you know, House in the Wood was kind of like my my thing. But yeah. um it is like uh, I kind of liked that about this—that it was kind of. I'm I'm assuming that maybe the writers are Jewish and went to yeah. Jewish camp. Yeah, that, I think, that's um, why they they put that in there. But yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that you pointed that out because I I didn't know that it was such a huge thing, um, and it really is.
1: So just really quick, a note on the prequel and sequel series on Netflix. I'm not going to spoil anything about them, um, but I just want to say, "White, White Hot American Summer" first day of camp came out first. Um, It's still on Netflix and it adds like a lot of really unexpected storylines and character origins. Like you find out like how the talking can came to be Um, and it's weird. And um, you find out how Andy and Katie got together because they haven't been together all camp. Um, You find out who are the anonymously evil campers over at camp Tiger Claw and the counselors. (laughs) And there's like weird thriller conspiracy elements. It's like wild. And there's some like new cast members and characters. Like most of the, I think, Maybe even all of the people from the first movie, the counselors actually came back, but there's some new characters added. Um, Jason Schwartzman appears in it, Lake Bell, Josh Charles, Chris Pine, John Hamm. There's more like there's more famous people. I just didn't want to list them all, but it's definitely worth if you like this movie, it's definitely worth watching. And then 10 years later um, was the next one to come out. It's riffing on the reunion idea they had at the in this movie. And in that one, we have some new cast members. Adam Scott replaces um, Bradley Cooper. Um, Alyssa Milano shows up. Melanie Linsky is in the cast. her. And then Ronald Reagan is a character in this movie, and he's played by Michael <laughs> Showalter. So, like, you know it's going to go to strange places when oh, Ronald Reagan oh shows goodness. up as part of the movie. Right. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so that's uh, 10 years later. And um, yeah, I guess it's time to go to our double feature recommendations. Okay, so for double feature recommendations, my first double feature recommendation is to watch the Sleepaway Camp movies one through three. Um, I was introduced to that by my uh, good old friend Nathan Buck, who's a big horror buff. And it was like some of the first horror movies that I ever saw. And it's almost a satire of camp horror movies like it is a horror movie but it does kind of cheekily play on like the Friday the 13th movies a little bit too. Mm -hmm. And it's very over the top, but it has that similar camping atmosphere. So I think Mm -hmm. if you like horror movies, it would play really well against wet hot American summer. It's, it's definitely dealing with a lot of the same kind of tropes. And then my other recommendations are pretty obvious. Um, I recommend you watch Wet Hot American Summer First Day of Camp and Wet Hot American Summer 10 Years Later because um, it really adds and fleshes out this universe and like you get to see more of these characters and even new characters coming into the plot. Wonderful. Um, okay, I'm so glad I saved this.
0: Um, Indian Summer, I was going to do it last time when we talked about Twister because Bill Paxson is in it. Um, Diane Lane, um, Vincent Spano. Oh, what's her name? Elizabeth Perkins. I forgot what year it came out, but it's um it's a it's a group of friends who were campers together, you know, went to camp together. They've stayed friends, and now they're going back for kind of a little just the eight of them reunion. And um Lou is the camp director owner um and that's played by um alan arkin whom i love and i i love this film it's just kind of this like has nostalgia to it they do some flashback and anyway that's a good one um the parent trap the original one because they <laughs> start out at camp and i yeah. i love that whole camp scene and sequence yeah. and all that and it, um so that's a lot of fun and then it's not It's not (laughs) camp like out in the woods, but it's space camp. Um, I watched that film a gazillion times as a kid, and it's a true place. And my sister-in-law went to space camp. Nice. Yeah. Really? What was that like? Um, Fun. She loved it. I mean, she, huh. I feel like not that she looks like any one of those characters in the, the nerd kids with the astrophysicist, <laughs> but I feel like that would have been right up her alley as far as like she loves Space Camp because it was people who like they like to learn and you weren't a weirdo if you wanted to learn things.
2: All right. Well, my picks are obviously I, I if you've seen Meatballs, this is like <laughs> I, I actually takes, haven't. So you've
1: seen oh, Meatballs. Oh, really? You um, have yeah, it? I, do I haven't it either. either.
2: Yeah, I want to see Uh that. Tell us about it. Tell us about it. it. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, but um it it this movie, it's obviously taken so much from Mm -hmm. that movie. And that's also kind of a comedy. Um so yeah, definitely see that. Uh I I picked Dazed and Confused because as I was watching this, I it just had a similar setup because mm-hmm. it takes place in like one day yeah. or in like one mm-hmm. short mm-hmm. period of time. And, it, and it's like, in Dazed and Confused it's like the last day of school and in yeah. this movie it's the last day of camp. So for some mm-hmm. reason I was just seeing like a lot of parallels sure. um, and it made me, me want to watch Dazed and Confused <laughs> while I yeah. was watching this. I don't know why. Um, and the period, and, then, well, and the 70s and the 70s, like clothing. Yeah, and period, yeah, you know. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just had like a lot of the same like cliche characters um yeah. in both in both movies that you know I guess come out in the that were popular in the 70s and 80s. Um, and I love that movie. But uh yeah and then my last pick is Little Darlings. Have you guys seen Little Darlings? It I've was... heard of it but I haven't seen it. Really? I'm so surprised. I feel like Jennifer you would love this movie. <laughs> okay. Um, because it again goes I'm like ah. I don't know why this was such a plot point in the, <laughs> in the seventies and eighties, but people losing their virginity. Okay. Um, it yeah. was such a huge thing. And I feel like, I don't, I don't know, but our teenage movies like that now as well, like losing your I don't virginity not was, as much. Like, no. was like a game I don't so. or like, or something no. that you like had to happen. And like, I and think that's right. what little, little darlings but, yeah. takes place at camp. And it's about um, two girls that are competing, basically, of who can lose their virginity first. Um, <laughs> and I, re- yeah, wow. Um, I remember it just because I remember watching it a lot when I was being on TV and watching it <laughs> when I was a kid, and like me thinking yeah. that that's what camp was about was about <laughs> having sex, and and that's why you signed up to be a
1: counselor. <laughs>
2: Yeah, which it turns out is actually true <laughs> maybe not so much for the for the, yeah, for the campers yeah, because yeah. this little darlings is about the campers yeah um but definitely yeah for the for the counselors
1: yes i could see that yeah like anytime yeah like you said anytime you get people around 18 19 together like in gr- large groups for like a concentrated period of time things go down I yeah like, even, absolutely yeah yeah all right, so so this is so the thanks for all the cool recommendations guys and for like being here today. Um I'm just going to make an announcement that like Sophia and Serena might not be on the podcast for a little while cuz they're going to be pretty busy with some other work and projects that they've got going on. Um but I will be coming back with some guest hosts throughout the fall, including we're planning to do a horror rom-com. So like rom- rom-com, and these are going to be more like rom-coms than some of the ones we did for the Summer Romance Series. So trust me on that. <laughs> and we might do some traditional ones too, upcoming. And please feel free to write in with suggestions too. You can reach us at feedback at everyromcom.com, and you can always find the podcast at everyromcom.com or on Apple Podcasts or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, thanks thanks a lot guys again. Of course. Yeah, thanks. We'll see you soon. Yeah, I'm going to miss you guys when you're when you're busy for a while. So.
2: Yeah. Just, yeah. I'll be back. We'll be
1: back. Okay. We'll be in. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye everybody. Bye.
0: Bye.